right, welcome back to the I'm Nerd Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And today we have a returning legendary duelist, Dale Belito, with us. Uh, this is Dale's second time on the show. And so we're happy to have him back. We have a lot to talk about, and things have actually gotten interesting since our last recording, where one of the older formats has really picked up steam and Konami supporting older formats. So I know you were actually in attendance at Shonen Jump Championship Edison, the 75th, back in 2010 and one of the things i did want to get from you is your experience at that ridiculously long tournament i think it might have been 12 rounds yeah that was i think the only tournament bigger than that before was um the philly shonen jump yep and <clears throat> this was 50 right or 75 75 yeah so, so costa mesa was before this too Yes, Costa Mesa was before yeah, it. Yeah, it was one of those two that were massive. And I remember Costa Mesa being, I, I guess we'll, we'll jump back to that one, but this one being a more relevant format to us now, but um, both being held. But this was far better organized than Costa Mesa. Were you, were you at Costa Mesa? No, I did not. I have never been on a plane until 2010 when I went to YCS Atlanta. Okay. That was my first time ever being on a plane. Yeah, Costa Mesa was... was not fun. It was a shit show for sure. Oh wow! Yeah, see, I only yeah. got the coverage aspect of it where I saw everyone was playing triple dark arm, and that you know a place that was like a thousand dollars. So I was too broke to be able to afford dark arms back then. I we I got pretty lucky. So well, I'm gonna go into Edison really soon, but I got really lucky for that event that no one from not many people from Toronto were traveling to Costa Mesa. So. I was just like, yeah, can I borrow your one dark arm? Can I borrow your one dark arm? And I put together a deck of borrowed cards. I mean, that's the way to do it. Honestly, like, you know, I, like we said, we're, I play Edison now, and I was thinking about ways to approach the format, uh, whether I wanted to borrow decks, because a lot of people just have decks, but and they're cheap, too. Or I could just, like, buy yeah. the cards, and I ended up doing the most ridiculous thing ever, which is I just ordered every single deck and ordered every single card holographic, because they all come holographic now, except Cold Wave and Spine Gilman, I think, in the whole format. Um, yeah. But everything is so cheap. Like, you can get everything for, like, a dollar or two, which is a stark contrast from, you know, the actual times. I remember Drill Warrior at that event probably was, like, 40 bucks or, like, 25 yeah. bucks or something, something crazy. And Absolute Zero was probably pretty expensive at the time. Uh, finding Machina starter decks was actually hard because i think that was like the newest deck that came out right before well, the yeah. event and so people were talking about like the vendors were selling the starter decks for more than they normally go for and stuff and like it's just so hard to find certain cards for that event uh but that's like a thing that's always been a Yu-Gi-Oh. people rushing around on saturday morning scrambling to get really expensive yeah. cards sometimes like oh you have a crush card you have a crush card i need a crush card and yeah yeah, life is crazy with that stuff. I, I'll i never forget, I borrowed so many cards back in the day uh, from some of my reliable friends. And people eventually got to the point where they started borrowing from me because I, I just ended up with a crazy collection after a while. It was like a funny. Crush, yeah. crush card's like a myth card, though, man. Only the top, top players had one. Like, most, everybody who ran into the tournament is not going to have crush card. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Was meant to win another crush card. Yep, right? like, it's so yep. broken. Yeah, that card, yeah. that probably the biggest mistake as far as pricing goes because that shit. You want to talk about a card that automatically made you win? For example, Dark and Dragon was the prize card for like around when Edison was happening, and yep. that card was just it's it's good. It, it wasn't game breaking. It wasn't like if you have Dark End, it wins you another Dark End. And I and I think yeah. Crush Card was probably the only that I can think of in my head, the only prize card that 
essentially guaranteed you another one. I think we did touch was, on that before. Was Cyberstein a prize card or was he just a tournament pack? It was the first one. It was yeah. the first prize card. And you don't actually understand how good Cyberstein is till like now. Like gold yeah. format, for example, Cyberstein is a top deck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What does it have but, to summon back then? Is it the last warrior or what? No, um, you can just OTK with it. It's it's Master Vaz, or if you drop King Dragoon, that that's so difficult to answer. Yeah, or like even Gatling Dragon for game. It, it's, yeah. it's interesting if you look at the top Cyberstein deck now. It basically is a Reason Gate deck. Yep, looks like Reasoning Gate, and but it texts in a Stein. There's like. When it brings back the demock, it usually adds back. It doesn't add back defusion. It adds back like a milled United We Stand or a milled Megamorph. It, it's it's cool. It's yeah. actually really strong deck. And was, for Edison, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Was Cyber Twin Dragon out? No. So Cyber no. Twin Dragon is the format. There's a goat format, right? SGP Boston that has Cybernetic Revolution. But that's not the goal format we play. Okay, good. So, like, Xerion goal format includes uh, Cybernetic Revolution, which no one plays. It's not yeah. It's not. Yeah. That's yeah. the Cybernetic Revolution's the next pack after, like, the goal format cutoff. I think Cyber Dragon's the next pack. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. But, yeah, what did you but, end up... Oh, go ahead. So go, go ahead, Dale. Yeah. I, I, I assume you're going to ask what I ended up playing at Edison. That's exactly what I was about to say, yeah. Deck that Jeff won with. If you look at old forms, the regionals, Lazaro and I topped Toronto with Quick Draw Dandy Warrior. Oh wow! We were the first to with it, and it was everywhere. But we asked professional events not to leak deck lists. Mm, I remember professional events. I used to follow that website because they would post only the Toronto stuff or the Canadian stuff. Yeah. So we asked to not post. I think they ended up posting it anyways. And we were the first to, because we, when that set came out, whatever set it was, we had a regionals right away. And together we put um, Quick Draw Dandy Warrior. Um, so wait, on paper, I always yeah. had it in my head that Jeff created that deck, but is that not the case? He was the first to win with it, but we are the first, like, if you look at regionals, you, yeah. have, you probably have to go to Ojo. Yeah, yeah. We're the first talk with it yeah and that stuff is still up like there's empirical evidence to you know support that i just never knew that i always assumed so one of the interesting things is that jeff actually posted on duelist grounds like here's the deck i'm playing for the event and i'm gonna win and uh, you know as fate may have it he actually ended up winning it yeah. and he posted his deck list on duelist grounds before he won and it was like the, the real deal i remember seeing it and thinking to myself this deck does not look good like i did not think it looked good enough to win a tournament and I, that's, not, that's honestly been like the story of my life because, like I said, Patrick Hoban has given me many deck lists that he won with. And I'm like, I just didn't think that it was that good. But then in hindsight, when I go back and play it, like, Triple Super Poly or Water when everyone's playing Fire and Gear Gear, like some of them are just so obvious. It's, it's, it's kind of mind boggling that I didn't just try one of them. Probably would have been, you know, one again. Um, yeah. At least one of them. They're just really good decks. But I remember him posting on Duelist Grounds, like, here's my deck list for Edison. I'm going to win a tournament. And then he ended up winning a tournament, which is so wild. And played against gadgets of all things in the finals. That deck is shit. I know. Holy. But, like, in reality, now, I think the gadget deck is better than the Quick Draw deck. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Also, 2022, Quick Draw sucks. 
Yes. We were talking about that. Me and Fraser. I don't. I think it was off podcast. I don't think it was online. It was definitely off. Yeah. But we were talking about. I was like, hey, we've been playing a lot of Edison format, looking at a lot of stuff. Nobody plays quick draw dandy. Yeah, Kenny did ask you that. We were, we were playing until five a.m. We have like these Friday night sessions, uh, and we'll play until five or whatever time. And uh, he definitely asked me, "Where are all the quick draw decks?" Like we've played everything. We've tried every deck list from these that that website, the Edison website, EdisonFormat.com, and yeah. no one in our group decide to use quick draw and it's kind of like well shit that won the event how come no one's playing it i knew without even testing it that the deck was not good i just knew i don't like setting monsters every single turn and that deck does that every single turn it's really obnoxious and if you don't draw a dandelion and quick draw is a terrible card like one of the worst cards in the game it's so fucking bad how that card is so terrible so yeah i didn't like i mean i played kenny with it once and i was so frustrated playing it it felt yeah, so underwhelming yeah, <laughs> it's just underwhelming as hell, and like you get backed into a corner where you're forced to discard like a Ryko or something to summon quick draw and then try to go into a play. It's just not good. I I understand how it won because hindsight is twenty twenty. So looking at it from a twenty twenty two lens, you know, it the decks all the de- all the decks suck though. It's not just like Jeff's deck sucked. It's like all the decks sucked. Like none of them played Upstar Goblin. Yeah, and it's it's funny because at that time we've already so. From when Quick Draw came out to when Edison was, it had to have been at least a month or a month and a half. And mm. Edison was one of the events that we we don't we don't normally test a lot, but our team was different at the time. Uh, Overdose already kind of disbanded; like the players were no longer playing. Yeah, and I mean, it's even further down from what I've been playing. And we came back to like Team Cardmasters, like we made Team Cardmasters, and we already realized that quick draw kind of sucked and we kind of caught people by surprise, but then Jeff ends up winning. We're like, Oh fuck, maybe it was amazing. But so what did you guys end up playing? I played Flameville, the Flameville Monarch deck Okay. where Claudio came from. So Claudio on in Austria had a very similar deck and, and we talked about it and we were, I was on the fence between glad beast and, um, mm-hmm. and I expected a lot of Gladbeast, and Gladbeast just destroys Quick Draw. Yes. Because you leave tokens, everything's in defense. If it's not a Ryko, like they're, they're. Yeah, like setting hamster is a death sentence. Yeah. So I went with Flamevelt because I like killer matchup to um, Gladbeast. Plus, I had a Dark End, and it was the easiest to make level eight. Yeah. So, and the way I viewed it was very similar to um, Teledad, where you could, I, I could just make mounts of level eights, and you have to get by, like, a Stardust plus a back row. Yeah. And I could answer, so why Dark End was so strong is they could answer Stardust without having to attack. Yep, you could just go Flip Spy, Summon Spy, and then Summon Flamevel Magician, Sync, make Dark End priority, Stardust, and it's just yeah. like, yep, that shit's gone. And, yeah, and, and you then, can't bottomless any part of that except the actual dark end. By then, it's too late. It's just kind of like, all right. Yeah, like the, the only way you get by it is if I go priority, like priority dark end on your um, stardust, then you chain bottomless and you negate the bottom with the stardust and it comes back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then his attack will still go. That's a dodge in, in um, Edison that some people don't know. Like, I. So this last Edison tournament, I was playing from work, 
I always so whenever it's a Saturday tournament, I'm that play is more. broken. By the way, we just said like that shit is so broken. I'm still thinking yeah, that, about it. That was a that's a sick ass play. <laughs> that is so broken. They go darken target stardust, and you're like, uh, I'll bottomless, and then I'll chain stardust to negate it. And now darken is weaker than stardust. That, that interaction is very common in Edison, where I will do stuff like stardust bottomless, and that dodges Caius because they go. Caius targets Stardust, you bottomless negate the bottomless, yep. Stardust comes back, you beat over the Caius. Yeah. But you could do it with MST as well. Yeah. No, and that's sick. That is that is actually that is, very good. That is dope as fuck. <laughs> that is actually so good. Yeah, so, so Stardust is very I, I remember listening to your podcast, the Edison one, and yeah. there's a few things like you saying Stardust isn't as strong. I think you said something like that, but there's a lot no, of No, I, I definitely I don't think Stardust is very good in Edison format with twenty twenty two hindsight. He, um, yeah, there, there's ways that, like, it's not as strong as we thought it was, but yeah. the interactions that you could catch people with yeah. now that are coming back into the game, like, you'll walk into that once, but you'll never walk into it again. Yeah, but like, you only need right to walk now, into it once to lose a match, so it's still a broken-ass thing to do. Like, when you do that to somebody one time, they summon Caius, and you go activate MST, target my own back row, negate it, and they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and like I'll eat twenty, I'll eat twenty four, no problem. Stardust come back. Yeah, 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 I'll take the life boys don't matter. I say that shit all the time in our playtesting sessions. But I just yeah. think, the, I mean, one of the, one of the bigger things is that, uh, and the reason why I don't think Stardust is that good is not even like because of Caius is that like people now realize Caius is absurd in that format. Like he, that card is so ridiculous. It's not even just like the Caius thing and the fact that now people play triple wing blast and, and that's like common. Like you just that Diva Hero yeah. just plays wing blast and that. Is also a card that shits on Stardust, but it's also, uh, I think some of the better decks are these combo-y decks that just summon Red Eyes Darkness Metal Dragons, and not only is he and everything he brings out, like, too big, but those decks yeah. are very fast, like, they're very turbo-y, so if your Stardust isn't backed by a very strong trap, then you get overwhelmed, like, Stardust backed by Moon is not enough, Stardust backed by, like, one Deep Prison or one Bombs is not enough. Is like sometimes you just get overwhelmed by these turbo e decks, and they're more common now. Like Norales got top three at that tournament, that RBET tournament that had 144 players. That deck is so scary to me, and I've said this I think on the podcast, and I'll say it again. If Edison format gets to a point where people are playing that more commonly, I think it's going to ruin the format because there's really not much game one that you can do yeah. against that type of deck. Like my one friend summoned Stardust on me turn one. He goes foolish Danny summoned debris make stardust he says two back rows and i just was like trade in you know upstart do my thing and then i went summon phantom of chaos this is this past week it's like summon phantom of chaos and he's like looks at his back row i was like, we got like bottomless and oppression back there or something and he's like this is so dumb and i was like yeah banish neuralis pay a thousand your whole field goes and it was like deep prison and bottomless with a stardust which normally right that's broken like that's amazing but that shit doesn't do anything to like really ignorant uh because that's kind of how people like to play Yu-Gi-Oh! now is they don't they don't want to really play the game they're kind of trying yeah. to just like end the game like yeah. you want me to go set a Raikou and set a deep prison against your stardust and two backer like that's what you want but i'm just like i'm not trying to do that like i'm actually just trying to like <laughs> i'm just trying to like end you <laughs> you don't get yeah, a chance to yeah. play it's it's just i don't know the game is it's obviously it's way different now uh with hindsight bias and like knowing like oh every deck should just be better with upstar goblin like that's just one of the easy things to correct uh decks can be really really fast 
Uh, most decks can support playing Oppression. Gravekeepers are actually playable, and no one knew it at the time except McCabe. Like, he actually topped the regional, but, like, we weren't anybody back then, so nobody, you know, he could top a regional a million times, and nobody would take it seriously. But he was going, yeah. like, 7-1 and at regionals with Gravekeepers before a recruiter, because Royal Tribute has been a card forever, and Necro Valley is extremely, yeah, yeah. extremely good. So it's, like, stuff like dude, that. Dude, Necro Valley, somebody flipped Necro Valley on me two days ago on Master Duel, and I was like, I think I just lose. Oh shit! <laughs> I was like, I think that card is really, moves. really, really good. It's actually really good at Edison format in general. A lot of the decks cannot yeah. deal with that. Like they just cannot. Like you can't play Miracle Fusion. You can't play Hero Blast. You can't play Debris Dragon. You can't play Pot of Avarice. You can't use DD Crow. Like there's so many things. Like I go steal and you can't even crow. You can't even crow my steal. I just give back two Grave Keepers. You can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's the biggest pain is that Wing Blast is a card in that format. Yes. Yeah, you just. Yeah, Necro Valley on top. You're you're drawing blank because I'm doing all my stuff now. But like it is standalone strong. And traps are really good in Edison format, which is so like it's it's annoying uh for any futuristic player, anybody, you know, all of us who are playing Edison format now, we're used to a game without traps, without real traps, without traps that get set. We're used to hand traps at at best hand traps. And in Edison yeah. format, it took me a while to get acclimated. Not a while, but like I just have to come to terms with the fact that people setting multiple back row was just good. But it's also bad because this format has cold wave, true and heavy storm. Yeah, yeah. It's as yeah. the whole format is just frustrating to me. Like the entire thing is like, oh, I can play a deck like Hero Beat, and I can go summon Alias set four, and like that's really good. But then some fucking Dragon Turbo player, or just I don't know, some any any player really could just be like cold wave or Trunay, or whatever, and then that one turn they get through, you know how it goes. You With a combo deck, you get through one time, and those decks fall apart. Like you said, you wing blast, yeah. the, you wing blast right. the Necro Valley. It's like, well, I'm fucked. Yeah, and, and when I, I listened to your Edison video, and one of the things that you did say that I kind of, I, I agree with, is Red MD is probably a key, a yeah. large key to this format. And I don't know if you looked at... So you're looking at the Edison Format website, right? Yeah, I love that website. I think that shit is such a great resource for people. It makes they, it makes it easy to get into Edison. I don't know how far back they go for coverage. Is it just one tournament, the 1K celebration? Uh, so... Yeah. yeah, so they go back to just the November tournament. But they have deck lists on here from, like, all over, though. Like, when you click on the categories of decks, they have a so, lot of different stuff. I want to forward you to something else. I don't know if you're aware of Format Library. No, I don't so think Format I... Library is where Edison started. Okay. So Format Library. Oh, is, the, so they have a Discord, right? Yeah, so the Discord channel actually has all the retro formats. Yep. Like, in, in, this, retro, in this Discord, the retro formats are all there and have live players. Yeah, I just got added to that Discord this week, like literally three days ago. One of the guys in the I Am Nerd Discord added me to Format Library. Yeah, and Format Library has like even the format that I want to show and jump in. Yeah, people play that format. Okay, what what is that specific format? Is it some form of goats? It's it's right after goats, so it's called Reaper format. Okay, but like there's an audience for that, and Retro Yu Gi Oh has kind of been like alive for so long, and Format Library goes back even further. Yeah. To, um, like when I first played Edison was over a year ago, playing from work, mm. and with Diva Hero going into top sixteen with a hundred plus tournament, like yeah. hundred plus 
right? So there's a lot of people. And at the time, I was about to load up, and I'm like, oh, what's the best? I, I first loaded my Flamebell Monarch deck yeah. and just got wrapped. So and is Flamebell Monarch not good now? Is that... I don't, I don't, I don't even know that... Too slow. Yeah. That's, that's how I just, feel. I honestly feel that, that way about a lot of the decks. I think... So many things are bad. Like, I think Torrential Tribute is a terrible card. I, I fucking think that card is garbage. I pretty much don't play it in any deck. It's so bad. Um, and that might bite me in the ass when I play it like one of these one tournaments. People are like, well, Frazier doesn't play Torrential, but I think that card is tr- trash. Uh, like a lot of the decks are really slow. They set too many monsters. I actually let this, uh, you know, we're going to go off on tangents a lot here, but I laughed at yeah. one of my friends because we were playing a match at tournament in, in real life uh, recently, like two weeks ago. And it got to a point where both of us were kind of low on resources and kind of top decking. We both had maybe two cards each. And I remember saying to myself, I was at, I was low. I was so low in life points. I probably was at like 1100. And I said, I am not scared of you at all. You're going to draw and you're going to set a monster. And I laughed at him and he drew and started laughing and set a monster. And I was like, that's all your deck can fucking do. And then he like, he like flipped up Ryko, talking my background. I chained it, it was Hero Blast, and I got back Alias. I was like, you still can't kill me. I said, you just drew a card, you still can't kill me. And he sets another monster. I said, your deck is fucking garbage. Your deck is fucking garbage. All you do is set. You can't do anything. I said, you won't even summon your goddamn Ryko to attack me. I'm at 1100. It was so funny. I was, I was just laughing at how bad, like, all the decks are so funny to me. But I was like, you probably just set Snowman Eater and just hamsters, like, all these monsters that. You got to keep setting. And then even when they get flipped, like the value isn't as crazy as you think. Like I summon Stratos and search and then attack into your Ryko. Like that is not good for you. Yeah. And another key to the format that I think, so I also got a funny, not a funny story. Like it ruined my Edison event, mm-hmm. but I think a key to the format is your deck needs to be able to access Army Arm, Colossal Fighter, OTK. Okay. Cause like you yeah. need that. To answer like an absolute zero to play past it, like obviously maybe set up a stardust so when it blows up you protect your field. Right. But if you could set up a stardust, you could probably look for a way to set up um army arm OTK. Yeah. Army arm and that's why I like um Deep Hero over Value Turbo. I think they're both very good decks. Yeah. Like tier one, but you can there there's easy setups. Yeah, and, value turbo kind of sets itself up to get OTK'd. Yeah, like if it doesn't have a good back row, uh, if you just summon your twenty three hundred guy and attack me for four thousand, which is just Gref for that guy, and which is a, that's a common play for them to do. They like pretty much, I actually yeah. keep losing to that deck in my local, but I, every time I play against it, I am playing like some bullshit. The first, the first week I played, I played Diva Hero, but it wasn't Diva Hero that was a good list. It was just like McCabe said, here are some Diva Hero cards, and it had like spy in it and uh i forget what else gold sark and stuff like that it was just not it was not a good build of diva hero and i got clapped well i didn't get clapped i guess game three it came down to him flipping oppression i went summon cyber dragon and he flipped oppression yeah and i was like i was like honestly i sided out all of my back row hate against you and i'm not even going to pretend like i can like out that so i just i just scooped like it was the game was one play he went summon the greffer send value send sirocco Set back row pass. I went summon cyber dragon. He went activate real oppression. I was like, best game. Like, I'm not even gonna try to play it out. It's the same thing as you OTK me in 2022, taking 10 minutes to yeah. do it. I was like, that's the same exact thing. You just set up unbreakable board technically. Like, I didn't want to keep in shitty MST because game one and game two, he basically set no back row. And so my read it was like, this guy doesn't really play back row that much. And I don't want these deck cards. I literally had a dead heavy storm game one or two. I forget which one it was, but I, it was just dead. 
And I was so frustrated. I was like, okay, I'm taking these out because I don't know. I was like, I don't know if he even plays back or I don't know what's going on. Maybe he only plays them when he's going first. And then when he goes second, he takes them out. Yeah. You know, that makes sense, right? Like I don't expect him to have royal yeah. oppression in when he's going second. Uh, but then game three, he probably sided in oppression or already had oppression in there some kind of way. And yeah, I got clapped. So I was like, all right, well that that's kind of annoying. But Veyu Turbo yeah. is it's kind of frustrating to play against because they have all of these blowouts. All of these, like, one yeah. card, like, for example, every time they draw Burial or Dark Armed, those cards are just yeah. obnoxiously powerful. I and mean, in priority with Dark Arm, he caught me off guard with that. I didn't know, this was my first week playing, and I completely forgot 12 years ago that that was a thing. So he went Summon Dark Arm, and I had Bottomless, and I had Starlight Rose set, and he goes, Social Dark Arm, and I was like, I was about to flip Bottomless instantly. Because just yeah. the last Yu-Gi-Oh! I played, which was honestly, it's crazy, it's almost been six years since I played regular Yu-Gi-Oh! But yeah. priority's been going for a long time. So in my head, priority's not even a thing. So he went summon. Thank God he went activate priority, target this. He targeted the bottomless, yeah. and I just bottomless it. But that was almost a disaster. <laughs> now, that has, like, a lot of those cards that I just hate. Like, the one Gale, right? Like, the one fucking Gale is so obnoxious, too. It's just, like, God damn it. Like, that card actually outed, you know, like, you went Sirocco, Gale, half my Stardust, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it could do, it could do a bunch of stuff. Like even making armor master is massive too. Yeah, it's good. Oh. The deck, the deck is, like you said, it's it's definitely a tier one deck. I diva hero. I hate diva hero. I, I I cannot vouch for that deck at all. I hate it. I always feel like it has these swingy. It's very swingy. I'm staring at the deck list right now. The guy that got second, um, who's been performing really well. The okay, so, right? so, so, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with his deck. I'm not shitting on his deck or anything like that. I think his deck list is fine. I actually played the card for card the second week of Edison format at my local, and it was fine. Uh, but I do think that it has problems that I don't know if they're solvable because of just the card pool that you have access to. And like I mentioned, my biggest frustration is that you got to have water and you got to have heroes and you got to also draw Miracle Fusions. You got to do all of those things. And it's yeah. it's not easy to do all of those things sometimes. Sometimes you just draw half of your deck. And that is, like, double Infernal Prodigy is so bad. Like, I hate, I hate it. I understand why you play it. You play Triple Kai's and you play D.Va so you can arm your arm easily, right? Like, you can just go Infernal Prodigy, D.Va, kill you. But, like... Yeah. People are just smarter Where I, in my area. I don't know if it's like the bias of my area. Like I'm literally playing against fucking McCabe and Silverman. Those are the people who are in my tournament. So like, yeah. they're not stupid. They're not like going to leave. So I'm in the situations that people just walk into. They're not doing that. And so I just end up in these frustrating situations where I'm like, I have Infernal Prodigy in my hand and I hate this card so much. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just like... The way I look at Diva Hero is it needs to play two different ways till it gets there yeah like it's yes it's, it's but when it gets there it's like it's, it's game it's broken right? so it's funny you say that like the games where i go summer strato set wing blast go i kill you on turn two yeah, yeah. i'm like summer strato set wing blast go you go set back row set monster go i go in phase wing blast target your back row spin it back to the top discard malicious draw banish malicious summon malicious summon diva kill you miracle fusion you're dead like literally yeah. i had multiple games that ended exactly like that like that was my turn one is like stratos with a back row and then turn two, they're dead. And those games feel amazing. It makes it feel like it's the best deck or like one of the best decks. It makes it feel great. But then there are games yeah. where, my, where my hand is just like Snowman Eater, Gores, like some traps, and then maybe some yeah. Miracle Fusions. And there's no hero. And I don't see Straddles for a long time or just like any you hero. You got Gilman in there too. You yeah. got Gilman in the opening hand. And I'm just like, God damn it. it. My deck sucks. <laughs> 
No, I feel that. And there's some cards that I think could could be considered like Fishboard Blaster. Mm-hmm. Like Fishboard Blaster in the deck. If so if you have Fishboard Blaster and um in deck and Diva Future Fusion, that's Army Arm OTK. By itself. Yeah, by itself. So because you bring you Diva, yeah. You bring back a Gil, you bring out a Gilman, yep. and then you banish a Diva, malicious. Yep, Diva makes... Okay, that's actually amazing. So, but um, the Infernal Prodigy also is... If yep. you have Infernal Prodigy and Diva, future, future, you need more cards for that one, but yeah. this one's just two cards. If you just have access to a Malicious or, you know, yeah, that's the same same thing. Yeah, or, or Fitting Pious, for example, something right. like that. It's just yeah. finding that, and the other way... You can kill people that people forget. Is you equip army arm to your own guy, and just yeah, game. yeah. Army arm's so. really good. Uh, your card is really good. I I have such a love hate relationship with Diva Hero because I do think that it is like a good deck in Edison format, and it just has these really frustrating things where I feel like there's like synergy, right? But then there's also some, some things that just don't have synergy. Like drawing the, okay, drawing the discard traps because the guy plays three wing blast and Aragaki break, right? So that's him saying that I want to draw a discard trap every single hand. But sometimes yeah. you draw them and obviously you don't have good cards to discard. And in Edison format, because it's so grindy, going neg like that can be so bad against certain grindy decks. Yeah. Like going neg no, I- like that is so trash when you're just like i have to wing blast here and i have to discard a real card it feels awful 100 percent agree with that but i think that's when you play so the way the, the way i look at diva hero is similar to the way i view teledad is if i can make my stardust get my plus ones like if all, yeah. all i need is a resolve like a snowman eater face up and then a diva like i don't have a great hand but that turns into a stardust yep. with good defensive trap the stardust Nets me plus ones, right? Each yeah. turn. Dodge with it till I draw out of it. And I think Diva Hero is a very good draw out of deck. Yeah. Like you can the the deck is fair, but it's strong fair. Yeah, it, like, it's explosive. It's very explosive. Um and the interesting thing, so I me and Scott Scott Page recently came to Philly to support um Christian Arena's new store opening. And yeah. so me me, Scott Page, Silverman, we all went out to dinner. And uh, and I think Henry, who also won a Shonen Jump Championship, from what I understand, Asian guy. I just met him for the first time. I think he's like a really big vendor in California. Um, but he came as well, and we were all just talking about you know Edison format and stuff like that. And Scott, me and Scott both agreed that the Hero Beat deck is actually just kind of crazy. Like it is, it is because tra- actually- because traps are so good. Hero Beat is kind of wild, and Skill Drain's also wild, and Oppression's wild, and these are cards that if they go unanswered, you just lose. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm looking I, at the, I, the, the agree. yeah those and I I usually you know it's weird I because I would consider heroes to be kind of anti meta if you think about it it's maining skill drain so that's definitely yeah that's it's anti meta but it's it's, it's anti meta deck but then I could easily see this being like a, it's really a meta deck in this format like it's strong it plays stratos and it goes set four. And that is just so intimidating. And then obviously, if you want a heavy storm, you're scared of getting started like Rodit because that's just game. There's like so yeah. many things. Uh, but then playing that deck, every time your opponents get like a cold wave off on you or a true nade and they summon a bunch of big shit, it's just like, yeah, that's well, I'm, I lose. Yeah, like that's a deck, for example. If I get a Stardust out, I win. Yeah. They can't do it. 
Yeah, right? Stardust for that deck is extremely hard because they have to have such a specific thing to get rid of Stardust. Like it has to be you attacking into a deep prison and being slow, or them yeah. them having like honest and you not having a response to their attack with alias. Because I assume that most people who summon alias are probably just gonna be like attack. And just like uh but yeah, yeah, typically Stardust is very hard to deal with. Uh in this deck, they do have outs. Like I really like the the fourth place deck, the Gia Gia's deck would plays like skyscraper and the one Captain Gold. Yeah, so it can beat over it. That card is so randomly. So. It's so it, like so. I play Hero Beat my third week of Edison, and skyscraper mm-hmm. got me out of a lot of weird situations that I just I, I didn't respect it. I was like, I want to take out Captain Gold and skyscraper. I feel like these are the two worst cards in my deck. But then so many situations like Titanial turn one Titanial. I'm just like alien yep. skyscraper attack, and like that gets you out of titanium. It's so wild. She can be so frustrating to out, oh, especially yeah. in the one plant deck. Uh, our friend Gary's been playing it. But the Amaralis burn. It's funny. I just yeah. got one today. One of my forty dollars Amaralis things. Uh, these fucking things are forty dollars each because they literally do not come in any other rarity. I think it's only been printed one time in RGBT. I don't know what that Raging is. Raging battle. Raging battle. Okay. Raging battle. Yeah, this is first edition, and I went on TCG Play to order these because I ordered every deck. I spent probably three k. Well, I spent more. I spent like four k now Edison because I have every deck. And I recently, me and Kenny were on the phone until four a.m. and I bought. Uh, I wanted to have my whole extra deck ulti and just super nice. Yo, the, the conversation was so funny. We're sitting there, and he was like, "Oh, I just want to see how much this one costs." Oh, I'm just putting them. And he was like, "I'm just putting them on my cart." You know, I just want to <laughs> see what you know. I'm not going to order them. I just want to see how much it costs. But, like, I'm not going to order them. And then he's like, okay. Like, oh, I got ulti colossal. I got ulti this, ulti that. He's like, oh, my card's like 700. And he's like, oh, I forgot this one. He's like, oh, it's like 900. He's like, I'm not going to order it. I was like, Frazier. Who are you lying to? My friends know me too well. The next day I was like, yeah, so I ordered the whole extra deck in the highest rarity. Like, I ordered... Fucking Brionic Dual Terminal, Goyo Guardian Ulti, Stardust Black Rose Ulti, like every like everything is just the max rarity now. And uh I think I'm about to do something even crazier, but we'll see. I oh, might I wanted to say though, that plant deck, which as far as I know, oh, nobody yeah, yeah. played that in twenty ten. No. That plant deck no. is so fucking frustrating. I mean it if is. you have Titanium on board with two dandy tokens and that fucking Amaralis thing. Like outing Titanial is so fucking frustrating. Yeah, it is. And if she keeps coming out in the game multiple times, she's actually yeah. really obnoxious as a DDR. And so, like when you bottomless her, deprison her, if they like choose to blatant let her get, you know, or she just gets banished anyway because the way the deck plays, like Emeralds mm-hmm. banishes her. The deck is surprisingly good. I I thought it was a rant. I thought it was a mistake that it topped the the tournament. Uh, but when we went and played it, so it's Carpath's deck. It got fifth. I like every deck that topped this tournament, by the way. They're all unique. I think Zombies is probably the worst one. But like every deck that topped this tournament outside of the Zombie deck, I think is so cool that they're all so different. And this is the most unique shit I've ever seen. Like I've seen the Rallis before in real life. I remember my one friend was playing at Edison and his build was obviously not very good. But uh, I was familiar with Neuralis back then, but I never saw anything like this volcanic counter nonsense that just burns you. And it it puts you in a situation where you get to a point you can't even attack them anymore because you're so low. So you have to like you have yeah. to like poke at them with like a, a Sangan and hope to God that they never do anything because they can just crash apparently too. It's so weird. It's such a weird. Deck the other to play thing against. that's rude about the deck is she kills herself if she attacks the fucking plant. It's a twenty two hundred or no? Does it have zero attack? Twenty two hundred defense. 
I don't remember. It has 2200 attack. It has 2200 attack. So it's 2200 attack. If she attacks, she kills herself. If she dies, she does 800 burn damage. If she exists yeah. in the end phase, she re-special summons herself. So she does 3,000 like, damage just by attacking. Like, yeah. She's so... And then she just comes back. And the deck has amazing synergy. Like, I, honestly, I have to give it to the guy who made this. I think the only thing that this deck needs that was forgotten is the Breed Dragon. I think... Uh, yeah. I don't really care for Morphing Jar, especially because you're not playing a lot of back row, so it's kind of... Like, you know how Morphing Jar is. It's one of those cards that... You can be fly yeah. with it and try to go set set and hope that they hope to God they just follow up with set set and then you go draw set everything. But I in yeah. general I don't like playing morphing jar. Uh, but I know probably no one saw that shit coming. I wouldn't see it coming because no one in my locals plays morphing jar right now. I kind of forgot that it's I didn't illegal. Realize morphing jar was legal. Yeah, it's legal. Uh, it's 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 not. I wouldn't say morphing jar is good though. Like there's too many Caiuses running around. Like I I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable setting it. But it you know. They do. They, they do. They do. They do. They they 100% do. I'm just saying that in this in this deck, he only plays four traps. So if you go set a monster set four, then I'm looking at you sideways like, well, that's just a morphing jar now. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I don't like I don't like it being that obvious. I, if you play morphing jar and diva hero, you can get away with it because no one's going to actually see the morphing jar coming because you could go set set two and they're real traps. But this guy just plays like three real traps like when like technically trap dust you you're going to activate that on the draw phase so yeah and, and torrential fucking sucks yeah. so that card i don't even count that card so yeah it's, it's funny you say that because like torrential is also and and even older format go format is not seeing as much play as like when you look at go format you're like yeah there was 15 staples there's yeah. no longer yeah there's yeah. definitely not 15 it, staples yeah <laughs> I felt that way when we were playing Edison. I was talking to Frazier because I remember back then, Sangin, for example, it didn't matter what deck you played. I feel like everybody was like, you have to have Sangin in your deck. I was talking to yeah. Frazier. I was like, hey, I'm looking at my deck and you might call me crazy, but I don't like Sangin in it. Yeah. And Frazier was like, no, I actually kind of agree with you. I don't think Sangin really works with your deck. I was like, he's just too slow. Yeah. He's not as good as like a lot of the cards people thought were staples and they're just not like they're just simply not. Uh, Sang is definitely one of the ones that's up for debate. Like, it's, depending on what your deck is, he's just not very good. Uh, Tuncher Tribute, yeah. I feel very strongly that Tuncher Tribute isn't that great. I don't think Mirror Force is that good either. Um, a lot of the traps they get buffs if you have a Stardust, but like, get your Stardust out first and then we'll talk. Like, some of these yeah, Mirror some, Force in your deck and not D Prison. I think D Prison is definitely D Prison hurts like every deck. D Prison hurts every deck way more. It hurts Over you so yeah. much. Like, I've played games that I almost lost a game or I did lose the game because it was D prison specifically. Like I'm attacking with alias and they're like D prison it. And I'm like, fuck that cuts off so much of my deck. Now, like you just cut off miracle fusion. You just cut off hero blast. Uh, same thing with diva hero. Like sometimes you'll attack and it'll be a fucking D prison like that specifically getting rid of my hero. And that's like somebody D prison, my straddles, which I thought was crazy because it was like the first week I played, but it ended up fucking, it ended up fucking me nicely. I have a hero. (laughs) I have a hero. And I was like, damn, I didn't expect that. Like, you fucking deprisoned that minus... You went minus one so fast. You were, you were adamant about going minus one. He's like, yeah, I don't feel like later down the road, he comes back with Ocean and all that shit you do. And I was like, I get it. I get it. All right. like, and it, it hurt. It actually hurt. I couldn't even lie. I was like, yeah. Like, I I couldn't see myself deprisoning in Stratos, but when he did it, and I was like, yeah, you know the matchup. Like, if you think about it, why wait till Absolute Zero comes out? Like, why not just get rid of I don't want a hero in your graveyard. Fucking <laughs> keep the heroes out of your fucking graveyard. Yeah, it was good. I was like, all right, well, you got me. And he fucking bottomless alias. I was like, yeah, okay, so if you banish all of my heroes, I am going to lose. You got me. <laughs> like, if you fucking banish every single one of them, I am going to lose the game. I promise you. I can't wait 
from six months from now when the pros, the old pros like yourself, yeah, come back to the format and put in the work that they did to uh, GOAT format. Like yeah. GOAT format is not, it, it's solved in the sense where there's four really strong decks. Yeah. I don't know how often you follow GOAT format, but I know that enough that you know Chaos Turbo is like tier one. Yep. But there are two tier one decks and the two tier one decks in GOAT format are Chaos Warrior and Turbo. And Warrior completely shits on Turbo. Okay. Like, no chance. What does Warrior play it, that makes it so good? I mean, Warrior Blade Knight, level twos, triple Dutch shoot, triple solo. Oh, triple Dutch shoot is so ignorant, yeah. And that's the only deck that can get away with playing triple, triple Dutch shoot. And it dodges, like, it dodges dust shoot itself by setting its whole hand. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's annoying. That's also good against the uh, the reasoning monster gate deck. Yeah, I mean, so the top four decks. So, Go Format has had world championships, their own world championships, two years running, and the first year Turbo won, and the second year uh, Panda Burn won. So Panda Burn oh. is what? one of the best decks in the top four. Top four decks right now. Damn. So it's, um, and it was a, a huge evolution from 2020 to 21. So, in when I came back to go format in 2019, so to qualify for their world championships that they have, you have to finish either first and second in like one of these online tournaments that have a lot of people, but invites don't get handed down. Mm. So people just like keep getting invites because it gives you seating points. So I managed to come second on my one two-week vacation or two weeks off during the pandemic when it first started. Yeah. And then I, had, I was back to work right away on like a skeleton crew at my store. Um, but in that time, I managed to qualify. But I, and, and that was with GOAT format. And by the... Sorry, that was with GOAT control, like a regular GOAT control deck. But even at that time, it was pretty evolved with maining Solemn Judgments and Abyss Soldier. But it's got to a point where at the end of that world, so that, that world, I finished second in 20, 2020. So I finished second losing to Chaos Turbo in the finals. And the evolution from then to now is only four real decks. And Panda Burn took, I want to say, four spots oh, of the top shit. eight of 2021. And wow. if you're not familiar with the Panda Burn deck, it's it's I'm I'm sure you are. It's like Ojama Trios, Gakugiri Panda. Yeah. Yeah. And Gakugiri Panda is so cool. He like can't be changed or something like that. And he can attack directly or like he kind of gets attacked based on the number of tokens or something like that. Yeah, he has trample. Like uh yeah. he has piercing. And so you give them Ojama Trio and then he starts beating on the tokens and trampling over them, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just like for example, Chaos Turbo, right? Chaos Turbo, you've seen the deck list where it's like grave, you see Gravekeeper Spies and Decoy Cheese and Flip Summons, right? Yeah, a lot of Flip like, Summons. A lot of Flip Summons. Thunder Dragon, all you have to do it plays Thunder Dragon, right? Yeah. yeah. And all you have to do is let them resolve a spy and then Ojometry on them and they can't do anything. You get to draw all your burn traps. <laughs> yeah, they have their, their borders just stuck. Oh, that, yeah, I guess that's just a game, right? If you play into that, you just lose. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think you would like. Go format more outside of just like playing what's out there because go format 
also just had a 130-person tournament the yeah. week after Edison. Yeah, the, the, here's so. the problem with Go Format to me, because I do have gripes with Go Format. Um, it's just fucking boring. So as much as as much as like you know everyone loves the format and it's been the most played old format i'm glad that we're finally moving past it like i'm i'm so ready for the whole community to rally behind anything else besides go from i'm so sick of it it's been almost 20 years like we're literally what oh it came out oh five and now we're in 2022 so it's been 17 years like i'm so ready to never play goats again in my life like i'm good i am i don't care if it's not solved i don't care if it is solved i it's just it's boring and it's it is way too many big brain people with their one normal summon per turn talking about how good that format is like i'm not trying to hear it i'm so ready to be like past that like i need a little bit more going on with the extra deck than maybe thousand hours are still coming out it's just not for me like I've played, I've played it a lot. I'm really good at it. Like I, I understand yeah. how to grind resources and all that. And I, you know, I, I probably will lose the the panda burn deck you by just, flipping my spot. I want a synchro summon. Say, I, I want a synchro summon. I, I want a synchro, synchro but summon. I don't just want a synchro summon. I want to summon a lot of times, and it like it feels yeah. it feels nice. Like I just kind of like I like doing all these. There's just so many more cool things that happen the longer Yu-Gi-Oh goes on. Like it, and then it gets a little too cool. But like we're right <laughs> before we're right before it gets too cool. Like 2010. Because the next year, 2011, is exceeds, and then it starts getting a little too cool. Like that's that... it starts to get cool as fuck. Well, even is... before it exceeds, so I think what makes Edison really unique, it was just one Shonen Jump for this specific event because yep. the next event was Infernity, right? And Frog FTK or... technically. Yeah, yeah. Like so... no one, no one knew, no one knew. We were all stupid, but no one understood that Frog FTK was actually like for that first ever YCS that Peter Chang won. Yeah. We we should have been playing. Fucking frog FTK. That, that it would have been a free win to whoever had it. 100%. Yeah, and it was so broken. But most people play Infernity and uh, X Sabers. X Sabers. So the reason why, like, we always so why why my deck choices always kind of revolved around Stardust. Like yeah. we we when we had the Teledad, we're like, this is broken. You protect Stardust, you win. Yeah. So we did that with the Rainbow Monarch deck. You protect Stardust, you win. And Infernity was very this was similar. Make a bu- bunch of big level eights, you win. Yeah, right? that broken when it came out. Three Infernity barrier. Yeah, it was triple launcher. Like, oh my god, that deck was broken. And that was the one deck I don't think you could play Upstart in because Upstart doesn't trigger. Um, oh yeah, Infernity Arch. Yeah, no, that's right. that's 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 the only one where like Frog FDK should have definitely been playing it. I don't yeah. think it played. It might have played. I'm not sure. I don't think like, it I did. Didn't look at that. I don't recall. I feel like it played hand destruction and then like a bunch yeah. of, you know, Moray Agree, X3. But that form, yeah, right after. For sure, played Upstart. Yeah. There's no way that was overlooked. You think so? You think it played Upstart? I think so. If it was, if it was to a like, point where they were playing hand destruction, I'm sure it was. I think FTK decks always played Upstart. I just feel yeah. like, I feel, I don't know. It's been, you know, Forgive us if we don't remember history of 12 yeah, years yeah. ago. But like, I played Frog FTK at locals a lot. I talk about it all the time because I think it's one of the funniest experiences I've ever had where I just kill people. Then game two, they start siding all heavy. And I say, you can just, you can just like stop siding. I'm just going first in game three. Like you, you, yeah, game you three. like you yeah, win game two. I don't, I don't even care about what you're doing. Like just don't side to go first. Just don't, don't think you're going first this round. <laughs> side to go second. <laughs> Cause I'm going first again. But, uh, I love that. No, you got game two. Excuse me. No, you got it. You yeah, got it. Game yeah, three. it probably did play Upstart. I just don't remember. I I remember a lot of the cards in it, but 
Uh, I know Upstart kind of can conflict though in my head because you played 20 frogs and I think Mash Driver and the 20 frogs is 8,000. So that's the okay. only, that's the reason why I don't mm-hmm. think it played Upstart because the math has to work out. At the end of the day, yeah. you can't win through 11,000. That is a fact. That is an absolute fact. So you might yeah. be able to win through 9,000, which means that one Upstart is fine. But I don't think you can win through 9,000 or 10,000 in one turn uh, unless you're playing. Yeah, yeah. Your deck will have to just be worse, right? You just have to be playing so many more frogs than a conventional build and at that point i'd rather just cut the upstarts and just make my deck more refined in general this is what i think in my yeah. head now this could be i could be completely wrong we pull up a deck list and this shit has three upstarts and i'm just eating my eating my words but i think i think it did not play upstart goblin i think only or, because yeah. only because of the frog let me see maybe i'm maybe i'm tripping i'll get to the deck list 2010 i looked that up i want to ask both of you guys a question uh i don't as far as i know this was not popular back then and it's not very popular now, but I do see some decklists doing this in modern Yu-Gi-Oh! And I wonder if this could be applied to Edison or if this is something that was overlooked back in the day. But uh, 60 card decks, that the idea of the decks is that you play more starters and more extenders. And because your deck is bigger, you have a smaller chance of drawing your bricks, but you have just your, your chance of drawing your combo starters are still just as high. I think that doesn't work now because you're you're. What you're trying to do in regular Yu-Gi-Oh! or in new Yu-Gi-Oh!, if I could be wrong, is your extra deck. You're just trying to get to the extra deck and you're yeah, just yeah. trying to you're trying to link climb or whatever. And it, it's just how do you get there? And you're you're accessing the same things versus drawing into them. Where yeah. and you gotta draw into your stuff, right? Yep. Where now it's just I think Billy and Frazier did it with his metal foe. Uh, thing deck where you went over 40 cards i went 51 yeah yeah because because there were a lot of cards that i don't want to draw but they're broken ass cards so like you just play a lot more and that that makes sense for you know that if that's what you're going for Uh, i just sent you guys a link to rodrigo who won 2010 european championship it's first place deck for all ftk and yeah it did not play upstart goblin uh i thought i I was like Right, it definitely has to do with the math. Yeah, it's, it's you play twenty frogs. I I remember like vaguely like twenty my twenty year memory of the, that format, but like vaguely remember that you needed them to be at eight thousand if you're trying to kill them in one turn because you play twenty frogs. Sometimes you play twenty one frogs, but eighty four hundred doesn't is no different than eight thousand at that point. Like nine thousand puts you out of range, and then your deck just kind of falls apart. Yeah. Uh, unless you yeah. do like you can you can do so game two and three me and alistair when we used to play the deck we would do uh we would try to play slower if we did want to play game two against somebody to be respectable so what we would do is we would just summon yeah. five five monsters and one of them would be a flip-flop frog you get two dupe frogs a substitute would stay on the field and then like one other monster probably another flip-flop frog so you got like two flip-flop frogs two dupe frogs and a substitute turn one yeah and you just look at them and you'd be like all right go ahead then they they can't do anything like, there's nothing you could do to that. And then you just like pass, and then we go flip up, flip up, frog, bounce your monster, a uni frog attack you now, like substitute, bring on uni frog, but pop your back row, main phase two, mash driver, kill you. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that. And then yeah. you know, so, well, what else I would try to do? Because I we all had our pocket frog yeah. FDK deck yeah, that yeah. we never play at local. But game two, I'm like, you know how I'm going to try and win? I'm going to try and beat you with spamming synchros or, or the quad <laughs> fighter. Fighter army arm kill. Yes, that was another one. Like, if you wanted to be respectable yeah. and play, like, so I, I, I think I mentioned this in the episode that uh, we were talking about. The whole episode we did on Edison format. McCabe and I, we were playing Magic: The Gathering at the time because Yu-Gi-Oh was so bad because Infernities, yeah. X Sabers, and Frog FTK were just running amok. And then there were and and people who didn't play those three were playing Anti Meta, 
And those decks were also toxic. So, and I think that ended up winning Indianapolis, sadly to say. Like, some guy, Anthony something, just like won with fucking Doomcock, uh, Fossil Dino, yeah. Banisher to Radiance deck, which was just like, you know, the tournament had to be awful if that deck got first. Like, his deck is unplayable under normal circumstances, but like, everyone wanted to be ignorant. Everyone. Everyone showed up and was like, I'm playing Infernity. I'm trying to go first. I'm trying to win. I'm playing fucking X-Sabers. I'm trying to go first. I'm trying to just go summon Bogger Knight, summon Poshul, Hyunlei, Faltrol thing, kill you. Like, everyone's trying to just kill you. And so his deck is just like, yeah, summon Banisher Radiant set four. It's like, well, yeah, I guess that uh, that my Dark Soul, my Embers Blade don't look so good now. <laughs> like, uh, I actually, pl- I played against him. Did you at that event or? Yep, at that event, I played against him round two, I think. He had a lot of tattoos. He's a big guy. He's a he's a yeah, husky. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he like he, was, he was around for, for a long time. Like I, I've seen him at a lot of the East Coast events. Yep. And he, get, he got me it's good. Funny I, I have like a tie-in to that event to kind of what you talk about in like an earlier video yeah. where you and your group are so into like you have your own Discord for the DC deck building game, right? Yes, yep. So we kind of had a game like that, and I don't know if you ever heard of Monopoly Deal. No, no, Monopoly no. Deal, a very good like resource management type of game. Yeah, and it's like five bucks. You can buy that Target. I, I would suggest you pick it up. Okay, and it's it's very intricate where you're only allowed three three plays a turn, and there's like negates and the it's it's. I it's have very one simple. question. Because yeah. Monopoly is banned from my house um, because Monopoly okay. causes people to fist fight. So I just want to know because this game has Monopoly in it. Does this game yeah. cause people to lose their friendships in the fight? Or is it more tame? No, no, it's, it's a very technical game. Super okay, good. technical game. Well, you, you know how you could end Monopoly, right? Like, there's a hack to, well, you'll probably never play it again. But, like, Monopoly's already broken. You can't play it. Because if all you have to do is just never upgrade from house to hotel yeah you just always buy houses exactly and and then it's just the game's done wait, what's, like wait only, what happens i don't i don't even know how to play monopoly to be if, honest so if you only ever buy houses in monopoly and never upgrade to the hotel there's not enough houses that go back into the pool for other people to buy yep okay so it's just a flaw game it's it, yeah same with have you played ticket to ride no Okay, so Ticket to Ride is another game, like another. So we went through when we stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh. We went through this board game phase um, that kind of stemmed from Monopoly deal, where we would find like the best, the, the funnest tabletop board games. But we would eventually, like our Yu-Gi-Oh minds, ended up cracking these games. Like we're really, like, okay, like Monopoly. Like if you look at Ticket to Ride, it's probably one of the top-rated tabletop games of all time, and yeah. it's super fun to play people that aren't assholes like we are. Yeah. And we cracked the game because we're like, okay, there's no hand limit size. So if we exhaust all the resources, no one can ever get more than what we have. <laughs> okay. So it, 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 if you understand, um, if you ever look it, into it, you can never play it again. Like you'll play it once and it'll collect dust in your house. Yeah, that's what we did to DC, basically. We ruined the DC community. Yeah, Yo, you got yeah. really did. We ruined it. We are ranked number one, two, and three right now. Like in in DC, it's bad. We ruined the shit out of that community. Yeah, and it, it's crazy. Like our how our minds work, right? Like our minds work to like Patrick said. It is like we're given a problem. Every format is a problem. It's our job to solve it, yep. right? And we view everything like that. Yes. Yeah, it's like crazy, we, right? Like everything. I want to break everything. 
and that's that's similar to why me and you we, like we don't finish RPGs because like we're OP already. Yeah, and we're like, ah, the game was beat twenty five. That's hours ago. true. Why? Actually, you're right. It's kind of like I'm already. If I fight the last boss, he's not going to be a challenge. Let's be real. Exactly. So, and you know where this realization came up to is on. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, but on Facebook, someone wrote, "My kink is being." I, I appreciate OP. it. And 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 yeah, you shared it, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this makes perfect sense to why I don't finish games because the game was finished. Yeah, when Final I was Fantasy Seven. My last playthrough of Final Fantasy Seven was in 2015. Uh, Kenny was there when I was playing it, and I got to the end of the game. So I'm at the part where you fight Ruby Weapon, Emerald Weapon, all that good stuff, and I get to the yeah. point where you can now farm, like Power Source, Guard Source, Luck Source. And so yes. I just spent hours farming that until all my stats were 255, and then I stopped playing the game. Brains was so strong, he put a hole in his wall. Yes. Exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 so back to Monopoly Deal. Monopoly Deal ruined our weekend because we got this game, and literally we, we drove to Indy, and that's like maybe I think a 12-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Our, our brakes would be stopping to run a game of Monopoly, like we would stop at rest stops because everyone in the car would be like, dude, I, no way you fucking won the last one. No shit. Like, say that, and it ruined the whole weekend because we didn't test at all. Yeah, you we guys were so much more involved in that. This, and you know what? What happened when we all went like X2 by round six, seven? We're like, all right, yo, let's go run an off the deal. <laughs> it's just, like, we didn't need to leave. Yeah. Toronto. We could have just stayed. Yeah, and just yeah, did yeah. You could have did that shit at home. And it's because we didn't even care. Because indie is always the last event of yep. the year. Yep. Before the change of the format and like the format solved. And it, it's annoying yeah. And... Indie was bad. Indie was 2010. Indie was bad. Yeah. I mean, that guy and won indie... with fucking antimatter. That's a sign. If antimatter wins your event, it's probably not a good event. And I don't consider my great people deck to be antimatter. Like it is antimatter, but not in a sense of like. Set, play 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 banisher or doom cow or thunder king and set five like that type of deck i still stand by what i said when fraser won and it is not a knock to i remember this i watched that video uh this is when you were it, still with audrey is you are that was the greatest metagame call of all time yep. and you like it probably still is it. it still is it 100 is. yeah because i've never and seen a meta call give top three to any like all the prize cards came to like us. We took all the prize cards. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say like it's less of it being anti-meta and more of just like it was a deck that broke the meta. Like, yeah, it, it definitely it was a completely like, different call. Nobody else built it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Meta game call, the greatest meta game call. In it studio. ruined every single deck at that tournament. There was not a deck in that room that like could honestly, if you kept playing, like let's say you played ten games, right? Great was going to beat you eight. Yes, yes. Like, and that was one of the first times that like I couldn't play people for money at my local because they would load up gravekeepers. I'm like, I could lose on turn one. Oh yeah, you could easily like the game, it, it was. It, I told people, and and a lot of people thought this was like a hot take or I was tripping, but I said you realize that Royal Tribute's better than Crush Car Virus, right? Uh-huh. Like Royal Tribute is turn one. I saw your hand before I did anything. I know exactly what you have before you take your turn, which means. I can like set myself up to know like okay he has this before you do anything and it takes all of your monsters none of this 1500 and higher nonsense it takes every single one which is so broken and 
the fact that you can't get them back because Necro Valley's on. The I was about field. to say you if can't I, even get them back. Yeah, like if you resolve Royal Tribute, you technically not even technically you literally have Necro Valley on the field, so they actually can't play a lot more of their cards. So it just it just completely ends the game. It was that deck is so broken, but it makes it where that format is basically not really playable unless you go anti Gravekeeper. Yeah. So you have to go like anti Gravekeeper. You hate go format, but Chaos Warrior is your Gravekeeper deck. Because when you go Dushu and see their hand, and you 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 have Rhoda to answer any possible right. play, like Blade Knight for flips, level two for again face downs, Exile for big big beater, and your Necro Valley is triple Kaiku. Oh my God! Yeah, Chaos Warrior is your Gravekeeper deck. It plays triple Kaiku. It does. Triple Kaiku. It it's insane. It's Ashen. So there's a three v three tournament this weekend to yeah. get invites and. My overdose team has four players, so we can't make one team. So we we teamed up with. Well, when, when's this video going to drop? This video is dropping tomorrow. Oh, it won't matter. People will know. So we we teamed up with Rampage. So La Bounty is my third. So it's me and Lazaro La Bounty. You Lazaro La Bounty, gotcha. And it's Chris Anthony and um, um Mark, another top go player, mm. but. Chaos Warrior is an insane deck, and we just don't want to play it because, like, for me, I'm about Flash. I like. There's no highlight real plays in that deck. Yeah, it's too. It's too straight. And yeah, you're right. It, it, it's definitely not flashy. It's definitely not flashy. Like, I like to try and pimp people out in the middle of a game and and do some stuff. Have a set faith that I don't flip for four turns. Yeah, like, I, I understand that because. So after after Gravekeepers, right? Um, a lot of people at my local and just in the area, Delaware, New York, Jersey, a lot of people expected me to continue to play Gravekeeper. But the truth is, I actually never played Gravekeeper again after that. Like I won with the deck, and I never touched it again. And that was yeah. for two reasons: one, because I didn't want people to think that I was only good because of the deck, right? Because that's that yeah. stigma. That stigma attaches itself to people. People are like, "Oh, this guy was good in Necros format, or this guy was good in BA format, but then he fell off." Yeah. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to be known as just. He was only good in this one format, and then he faded away. So I had that chip on my shoulder from the gate. I was like, I already know yeah. how people think. I'm very like brand heavy in my head. Like I feel like I am a brand. And Jim, yes. Jim, yes. Jim kind of put that in my mind. Jim was like, "You're a household name." He used to always say that shit. And I, at, when I, when he first said it, I was like, "I'm like I'm no one, Jim. Like I'm just a guy who won a, a YCS or whatever." He's like, "You don't understand. Like I'm gonna make sure that you guys, all the ARG people, we're gonna be like you're gonna be a household name." So I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like, "I'm gonna top." with different decks every time gravekeepers doesn't have flash so going back to the point like when you play it yeah it's nice to really tribute somebody but after you do it once the trick is kind of like that's the trick yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. that's that's it like all right you saw it now you lost your hand the game's over after you do that it's not it's not fun it's just kind of like yeah you fucking took my whole hand away without any effort like good good job <laughs> Dude, speaking of flash i was saying this to fraser i was watching like a random Edison tournament video, just like a random one. I had it on two people are playing and then I hear the commentator goes, blah, 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 Dale Belito. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Dale actually so, played in the last so one. I'm watching Dale's one of Dale's games in Edison format. Right. And they're setting up a stuff. And then you have a back row set and the commentator goes, is he going to pro heavy him? And then you fucking pro heavy the guy. <laughs> and I was like, he's still doing this shit 20 years later. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I watched a feature match. I think it was round one. Uh, there was this one really questionable play I was going to ask you about, and I'm glad you brought this up. I forgot about it. It's the Thunder King one. 
it's the Thunder King, right? Yeah, Thunder King one, yeah. I leave, I leave the Thunder King. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. You turned on his Hero Blast. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So he attacks the. He kills a. He hits Salamander, and yep. I choose to kill the Alias over Thunder the Thunder King because I'm afraid of Gemini Spark. Because Gemini Spark is the one card that he can do to get over it that he plays multiples of. But, but I he, didn't think he played Hero. Hero okay, Blast. yeah, because I was about to say Hero Blast is actually the same exact out, right? Like it's the same exact thing. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. You have to pick which one they're going to have at that point because they're. My, my, was not tributing for Caius the next turn. Okay, so you just passed or something? That was a real mistake. Like, I, the, game two, I, I think we, we go to three games. I lose game two and game three. Yeah, you won game one, I'm pretty sure. Because I open, I had, at ending both games, triple Caius was in my hand. So and it me, was definitely a side, side deck error. Let me say this too. Uh, when I watched, and this is no offense or shot at the guy who you played against or, or girl, whoever it was. They drew so perfectly against you that it was actually a little frustrating to watch. If I'm not mistaken, you were playing against Hero B, and the person drew like skill drain at the perfect time. They had, they had, I mean, like, and they were, they drew Barbaros at one point, I believe. Like, it was actually, it was actually so frustrating because I think you dropped Gores or something and there was no out to Gores. And then they fucking drew Barbaros off the top. And I was like, holy shit, that's so like, even though commentators, I believe they were like, that's actually so unfortunate for Dale because, you know, it, that's exactly what you needed to get. Like, you could not get out the situation any other way. And they kept drawing, like, these really broken cards at the perfect time. I was like, wow, he just drew that skill drain and just set it. That just got set. Or, like, that, go- that yeah. Barbaros came. And at the, I, at the time when I was watching it, this is, this is the first day of Frazier getting into Edison format. This was the day one. I was, uh, somebody in the Discord said, hey, Frazier, do you mind if I post a link to this tournament? And I said, yeah, go ahead, man. Like, post it in I'm there. I don't, like, I don't fucking care. I'm not one of those people that's like, don't, don't promote anything in this group. Uh, go ahead, promote your shit. So he, he's like, can I post it? So he posted it. And I was in my living room. I was working out. I said, let me just see what people are doing with this Edison form. So I clicked it and you were the fucking person. He's like, oh, we have round one feature match, Dale Valido. So then I started watching it. And this is how it happens. Like, I literally started watching you play and I was liking what I saw. And then I saw the guy like skill drain Barbaros, like win a game or whatever. And then I saw that snowman eater play and I was like, damn, this format is so slow and technical looking that it actually looks like you cannot play your opponent. Like it looks like granted. Yeah. You can get really lucky or whatever, but that's every Yu-Gi-Oh format ever. Right. So I was like, this looks like they, like the one game you just OTK. You just straight up OTK him. I, it might've been game two, but you just killed him out of nowhere. It was like really quick. And it, it was one of those things that I could tell like you have a killer instinct. And yeah. I tell people about that all the time. Like when you're a Yu-Gi-Oh player, I'm teaching Kenny's little cousin how to play now. He's like 23 years old or something. So he's not like a kid, but he does. He's never played Yu-Gi-Oh before until the pandemic. And I'm teaching him how you have to have a killer instinct. You have to know when you can go for game and know when it like, yeah. even if you, even if you lose because of it, it was still the correct thing to do. And so that's hard yeah. to try to teach because you also want them to like reserve their resources and not just play all their cards when they can. So I'm trying to teach them the, the thin line between like, go for it here and don't go for it there. Like make a read or make it where even if you don't kill them, you put them in such a shitty position that they're probably going to draw and pat and scoop anyway. Uh, but- I, this is actually the perfect segue to one of the topics I want to talk about Yeah, was why some of the most consistent players like legends and Yu-Gi-Oh history don't win. And it's like one that I could speak to is Matt pedal, like one of my best friends. Yeah, And I think, it kind of falls in line with Joe and it kind of falls in line with Chris Provic. Yeah. 
And these are three guys that should definitely have rings. Yeah, they're so good. The reason why is like I think the the three things these guys have in common are they're there's these super high analytical players. They really are. Probably the most analytical ever, in my opinion. They really they really are. Like Matt reminds me of Chris and reminds me of Joe from what I've seen of Joe. And part of it is they play too close to the chest. They do. They right? love getting every single plus one. They want to get ev- they want to squeeze out every extra bit of a card that they can get. Yeah. And it's to their own detriment where Matt was the first to admit this, that he, the way he played go for it was, well, I'm just going to get us to a point where I have two cards. You have none. Right. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do that going into future formats. The problem is he didn't realize the format shift, the style shift till it was too late. Till it was like four or five Shonen jumps in. Yeah, or when the, it became or win the game. Yeah. And Anthony Alvarado has like this crazy play in the finals of a shonen jump in goal format where he goes summon breaker set nobleman like that's his turn one that's a play that like no one else will make yeah they won't make that type of play right yeah and and yeah it it causes them to do consistently well for a very long time but it doesn't let them get over the hump yeah and the hump is like the very end it's just the win right like matt has his been in the finals, been playing for the championship, like I think twice. And yeah, I think been Joe to the mount- been- Yeah, they've been to the mountaintop. Okay. Alistair, Alistair's another one. Yeah. He's been to the finals against Billy Break. They've been to the mountaintop. And like, you know, we're not, this is not to shit on these people at all. Like, these are oh, some of the no. best players ever to play Yu Gi Oh! Uh, but we always wonder how come these people can top like constantly, but they, they can't close. Like, what is it about closing that is just. It never happens. Like there's another, there's a couple other people like Carl Maniga. I think he's been to the finals a couple of times now. And like yeah. something always happens to him where it's like, damn, every time I, every time I want to root for you and think that you're going to get there, Tommy Rowe, probably the most recent one. He just, yeah. he just, I think he, yeah, he misplayed in the finals of the, uh, the remote YCS recently. Um, and that, you know, that's, and he was really, you know, heard about that because it's like, yeah, I fucked up. And that's the reason why I didn't get my win. And he's gotten second at nationals. He's gotten second at another YCS. He's gotten second at something. He's just like, you know, a bunch of second places. He's like, kind of like the new age McCabe. McCabe has that somewhat of the same problem. Like you get second so often it starts to become a thing or you have to ask yourself, like, what is it about second place that I'm, what am I doing? Or people, are they always just getting lucky? Cause that's the lazy excuse, right? Like. Did your opponent yeah. just get lucky every single time or could you have done anything to affect it? So the, the reason why I think you're right there, like your, the opponent does get lucky to beat you, but the way you're playing is giving them time yes. to get lucky. Exactly. Where we don't, like, I'm very aggressive. Every format I play is aggressive. You because are. <laughs> I clock you. I put you on a clock really quick. Right. And mid game, could come way sooner than you think. Mid game and and yeah. end game come. You're not expecting. It they're you're they're expecting fucking it. holding pot of Everest in their hand, thinking they want to get time to resolve it. And you're like, you're already at twelve hundred, so you don't have much opportunity. Yeah. You're you're clocked, right? And you all, you can only do so many things. And yeah. like Lazaro is the the mix of Matt and myself, where Lazaro just knows like his timing was was very well. He ends up winning like fucking four events but <laughs> we as pros we all don't tilt but some don't tilt better than others yeah and like tilt tilting in 
going to game like they they definitely tilt a bit to not win because like you lose one game you have to lose a two out of three yeah and something like there's there's just something there that you're playing too close you're playing not to lose and it eventually yeah playing not to lose is definitely the way to word it yeah and uh, it's funny like these like again these people are really good and i bet that they would even admit that there had to be something they could have done differently in some of these. And so, cause the, like we said, most of them have gotten second more than once. Like McCabe has gotten second more than once. In fact, McCabe yeah. could have won a YCS, uh, against Patrick Hoban. So he plays against Patrick Hoban in 2014 in the finals and they're playing that draft format. But yeah. th- this one sucks. This, this is probably not the only thing that could have been different because this format is so unique, but this is one of the things that would have changed the outcome of the game. And it would have gave McCabe a game. We don't know if he would have won the whole YCS, but probably cause he's, he's really is like golly. So he's playing yeah. against Patrick Hoban, and Patrick Hoban goes, set dragon dwelling in a cave, set burst yeah. breath, and McCabe has a field of monsters. And uh, McCabe goes to beat over it, and Pat flips up burst breath and tributes dragon dwelling in a cave face down to kill McCabe's yeah. whole field like a rageki. And come to find out, uh, if you tribute a face down monster for burst breath, it's considered zero defense. So it actually doesn't do a single thing. And that caught McCabe lost that game because it like specifically because of that one thing, he lost the game. That was that was Patrick's misplay, right? Like yeah. Patrick misplay. And it's it's interesting because all Patrick had to do was go summon Dragon Dwelling in a cave. It would have been the same thing, except he would have yeah. just actually killed all of McCabe's monsters and won the game. But Pat misplayed yeah. first, and then McCabe, like, because of his lack of knowledge, I guess, which is also a part of winning. Like that is a part of the whole package, like knowing how in things interact. And it sucks because it's like, yeah, that format's kind of fake. It's a draft format. It's only happened in like a year of Yu-Gi-Oh's history. But it was what was required to win the game. And uh, he got to the mountaintop. Like he clearly was doing something right. The four matches he got, the top 32, 16, 8, 4. And you get to the finals, you're playing as the best player in the world. And then the best player in the world misplays. Like he blatantly does something that is incorrect. Whether he realized it or not, he did something that was incorrect. And then because you didn't know... Because we didn't really study. I'm going to be honest. I remember going to these events with McKay. We didn't really study draft format. We just kind of were like, if we get the draft, people suck. That's literally what we would say. Yep. And yep. That, and it was good enough for the finals, but it wasn't good enough to beat the best player in the world who actually practiced, specifically practiced with the Leverets, that yeah. fucking battle pack format. Like, he played that format a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. And it, it's funny why you think that interaction works, right? Because if you go set monster deck devastation. Yep, it works. Or crush card, it works. Like, yeah, Fusilla, it works, right? Or yeah. it, it works in certain formats. So I could, I could understand that. Yeah, it's one of those things. And like, I, I don't, I don't really hold it against McCabe in like a way, like, oh, you should have known that, but we, we should yeah. have known that because at the at the time, this is 2014. Me and him are at the time two of the best players in the world. For sure. Like we yeah. are two of the best. Like you do not want to run into us in 2014. Like people sat down and were like, oh fuck. Yeah. So like you should know these because you're probably going to top like realistically like he topped a lot like all the time he with the worlds that year that's the same year became with the worlds in 2014 like he's he got top six at nationals with uh the, the hat deck i think it was hat yeah, yeah pretty sure it was hat yeah because it was like sahabi yeah. and then a bunch of fucking hat players there's too many ad decks there's hat cat fat, fat like, yep. there's, there's there's too many fucking ad decks yeah but stuff like I, that I, yeah. yeah and billy break yeah. won Against Alistair with three reborn Tengus in his hand. That's just that one's wild. Is that game three? I forget. I, it might be game three, but just know it's that playing too close to the chest thing again. Yes, it's, it's, it's not not 
Pressing. Yeah. It's not pressing because you would have found out this motherfucker had three tangos if you'd have pressed them because he would have had to set one of them bitches and when you would have killed it, he wouldn't have been yeah. able to search. Yeah. I don't know Alistair that like I, I know Alistair. Yeah. I, I just don't know him as a player, right? Because I yeah. think when you guys were up there, we were already out. Yeah, yeah. You guys were on the way out. Like you guys we we only ran into each other basically at Toronto, I feel like. Like when I, we would come up to Toronto. Toronto into each other because we have a picture together in chicago when aaron wins yes so yeah and, and joe loses to aaron at that time and okay. that's like our last hurrah as a team like we're, we're on our way out yeah um, that's 2012 chicago dino rabbit format 2012 so. chicago yeah chaos chaos that, dragons lazaro has already stopped playing yeah at the time and like his last biggest commitment was like in 2011. He was just traveling because I'm like, hey, just just come. He he wasn't his heart wasn't in it anymore. But that's when we were like passing everything to the remaining players on the team, right? Yeah. Like I would drive, I drove everyone, and it was just it was a good time. But yeah, I mean, Canada always had a strong representation because uh, now it's like Jesse Cotton is one of the best players in the world, and like you know before that. Yeah. Like he was a kid when you were when you were you know playing like you said that he was an actual yeah. child and now like you go back like it's like you Lazaro were like really 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 insane and then Jesse like he's yeah. won two YCS now he's definitely one of the best I haven't I think because of the pandemic it just kind of like slowed everything down for him yeah. because he used to do like the world's grind uh, going to regionals he stayed on my couch a couple times to just go to Philly regionals like he was like can I just stay tonight like he took a greyhound. The toll and the stress that puts on your body, I couldn't imagine doing that. It's too much. But it's definitely too much. No. Uh, it's not healthy. Uh, you, you sleep in the worst conditions. You eat the worst food. And yeah. you're not getting enough water. Your body doesn't get enough. Like You're sleeping couch to couch. You probably don't get enough rest or good rest. It's just, it's really bad. And then at the end of it all, you might not even make it to Worlds doing all of that. Like You might actually so, not get there. The other Canadian that he was against, Matt Van Hoovel, did the same grind and did not get it. Like, I would just end it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm absolutely. Here, here are all my Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. Yeah, because it's also it's also expensive too. Uh, just going place to place like that, it's very expensive to do. And you know, if, if, let's say money's no object, which I think that's a problem in itself because it's a that whole world's points grind supports people who can just spam money. Like yeah. if you just have money. You can just beat out everyone who cannot afford to every weekend. I'm in a different city, different state, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, I'm in Philly. Then Jesse was like, all right, Frazier, I have to go. I'm going to Ohio. So now he's on a fucking train or bus or whatever to Ohio, seven hours away from Philly the very next day. And I'm like, God damn, this is insane. I think the worst part about it is like our stories of travel we have good we have good memories from there. Oh, I don't think the best part of my life from regional grinds. No. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I was on Fraser's couch. We were talking one day, and I woke up and I was on a train to Ohio. And you don't talk about that. That's not a thing. Yeah, no. I uh, yeah, unless something fun happened, you know what I mean. Like sometimes when you're like, if he went to Fraser's house and then. I don't know. They went to karaoke or something. Like if they, you know what I mean? If they did something that night, yeah. but if you just slept on the couch, went to a tournament and then went to Ohio then. But he couldn't, he couldn't let something happen. Cause he would have to wake up super yeah. early and then peace out. Yeah. 
That's okay. Power to him. Power to him. Yeah, I mean, he he grinded a lot. I know he did make it the Worlds the one year, uh, but I think he made it by just like top boring or six. I don't know. I forget. But uh, yeah, that that whole that whole Worlds points grind thing needs to be completely rewritten. It's it's really toxic, and it created some very toxic things in the community when it was happening. You know, people just stall. Like at the time, Sky Striker was really big, and that deck goes in a time often, and people stalling to get worlds points yeah. and stuff. There was a lot of. Uh, I just don't think regionals should count. Just make it just the YCSs. I agree. I I hundred percent agree. I think we I think we mentioned this before that at the end of the day, right? How are you going to tell me that somebody like Jesse Cotton can win two YCSs within like a one one and a half year period, one year period, whatever it was? How are you going to yeah. tell me that this guy has won two YCS and he's not? consider one of the people that the United States or yeah, like the North America should yeah. be sending to worlds. How are you going to tell me? Cause it didn't go to 30 regionals in different states. Like that like, is so, so wild. Everyone should be able to compete at YCS in my opinion. I don't care about money. None of that you like for YCSs Cause they were pretty much once a month. There's not much yeah. of an excuse why you couldn't compete in the bigger, the bigger tournament, the more prestigious tournament. And that should be your qualifier for worlds. The people who do the best over the course of every YCS for a season should be the people who go to yeah. worlds point blank yeah 12 has qualifiers billy, has billy been to worlds no jeff <laughs> no all right for anybody um, the competition's up there for, yeah, really for is. Anybody, these are two of the best players to ever have played Yu Gi Oh ever and they've never for been everybody listening i want you to know that dale's face what after Fraser answered his question said it all. Like yeah. when when he said, "Has Billy been the world?" and Fraser said, "No," Dale's face was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like that's it. The conversation's over. Yeah, I mean, nothing needs to be said after that. Hmm. But yeah, again, world worlds is just one of those those things. Yeah, it's one of those. And I'm like, I had that was the only thing that I did not accomplish in Yu Gi Oh that I wanted to accomplish, and I realized that it had gotten worse to get there. Like, I think my biggest chance was honestly going to just be topping nationals and getting there match after match. Once they made it that yeah. grind shit, I was already slowly on my way out when that grind thing happened. And I was like, I am yeah. I am good on that. Like, I am so good on that. Once I saw what people were doing, how hard they were going. It's kind of the same thing when you yeah. think about, uh, so Duel Links, right? I thought about briefly when Duel Links first came out, being some kind of content creator or streamer or something of Duel Links, trying to get the worlds through that, that type of thing. Like we, me and McCabe talked about it briefly. It's like, oh yeah, we could do yeah. that. And then we realized what it took because people who don't have jobs, they don't go to school, they yeah. can afford to play Duel Links all day. And there's these things, yeah. these qualifiers where you do have to do that. You have to get points and become, you have to have like a certain record and stuff. So you have to play an absurd amount of Duel Links. And I just said, I don't want to give my life away to this game like that. Like, I just don't want to do that. I already gave so much of my life away to Yu-Gi-Oh. It, it's so funny you say that because I was going to come back for Master Duel. Yeah. And then I told my, like, my close group friends, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to come back to Yu-Gi-Oh because I could finally play, like, on a, on a decent client. Yeah. I literally could not get past the first, like, tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. That I so I don't have to play on my switch so I can play on my phone. Yeah, I'm on my phone, and I'm like, oh, I'm still stuck at this. The mo- I didn't even do the monarch one. It's whatever is before the monarch one. I just have no patience. Yeah, know. the desire, right? It has to be there. At the end of the day, we're older now, and our desires have just shifted. And I try to sometimes I, I you know I obviously it crosses my mind like, what if I did come back to real Yu Gi Oh like modern Yu Gi Oh? What if I 
went back into modern Yu-Gi-Oh super hard, tried to get that second win, uh, like Silverman yeah. did. You know, Silverman got his first win the same year I got my first win, and then he got yeah. another win in 2019 or yeah, 2019 I think. And like I was thinking, like man, maybe I could pull that stunt too. Like I'm, I know I'm good enough. I know if I discipline myself. But then I think about what goes into that. I didn't forget that part. Like I remember what it took to be a good Yu-Gi-Oh player. It took a lot. And I don't yeah, I, really have that to give again. Like, that's why I play Edison, because as much as I love Edison format, like right now, there's no I don't have to worry about traveling for it or anything. I just go to my locals, which I already go to. anyway. I was going to my locals before Edison. I was just going to hang out every single week. We after after the local, we go out to eat. And it reminded me of YCS is yeah. where we all get together. And there's literally like 20 of us that go out to eat for dinner. It's so fun. Every Thursday we do this. We go out somewhere and it's not even a fancy restaurant. We go to like Applebee's and Longhorn and Buffalo Wild Wings. But just being in a room with like 15 to 20 of my friends is so fucking fun. And I miss that. And I think about like the being super competitive and how you have to travel, book a flight, book a hotel, figure out who you're staying with. Then have your deck make sure your deck is right. Play test it a lot. Know what you're signing for every matchup. Know what you're signing going first. Know what you're signing going second. Like, all of that stuff, knowing your combos, knowing when to do this and that, and just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Luckily for Edison, at least, unless Konami really picks it up themselves, all the big tournaments are going to be dueling book tournaments. Yep, and I can do those. I can 100% do that, because I play DC tournaments in my room, like I am right now. I play DC tournaments here, so I have no excuse why I can't do the same thing for something I love more. Dale revealed to us that he does his tournaments at work. He's like, I'm at work. I I, I hired an assistant. (laughs) <laughs> so you can do some stuff for me so I can play at work. <laughs> and no one from my company will listen to this. Yeah, 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 of course not. Yeah, yeah. I promoted an assistant. Yep, just so, so that I can... I wanted to do shit, he could do this for me and, like, keep the peace till I was really, really needed. And unfortunately, I just work every Saturday and I can't avoid that but i can make someone do my shit for me yeah and pay him a bit but it, it's yeah the desire is gone but i don't know if you've seen like i had a smile on this whole conversation oh yeah this yeah, is it, amazing it's just thinking about it talking about it is the best part of it and like the game is no longer the best part of it it's just an it really isn't yeah. yeah, it really is. That's, that, that's part of why I think the time wizard is, is time wizard format just considered go what they call goat format, or is it a retro thing as a whole? I think it's. I think time wizard format is retro in general. Like I think it's any retro format. When I saw the email that Konami sent out to the OTSs, like the official tournament stores, uh, I yeah. believe that it said you know you can just play any old format. It didn't. It didn't specify goats. Okay. I don't so, even know if Konami like, recognizes GOAT format as like GOAT format. You yeah, know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know if they do either. Yeah. yeah. And I know my my like desire isn't there because I don't care that much when I lose. Yes. Me neither. That's true. Like when I lose, depending on how I lost, because that's always the biggest part yeah. for me. It just depends yeah. on how I lost. Like I have lost to that oppression. That was the weak one. And that to yeah. me, I felt fine with that. I was so content with that. That was my first yeah. week. It, I, I didn't have my own deck. So when he flipped Oppression and I thought about it, I said, well, I definitely sided out MST and Heavy Storm. 100% I sided those out. And I was like, so I don't have outs to this. And unless I draw Raikou and I don't have Raikou in my hand right now, 
was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna scoop. You had yeah, Bayou yeah. and Soraka and Grave. Yeah. I scooped, and I said, I said, good game. Like I, I completely did not feel any animosity. But then I think week two, still no animosity when I lost. But like week two, I lost to my friend Vinny because okay, this is wild. But he rescue cat at me. He's play. He plays Doom Call Cat every week. He refuses this playoff. Yeah. That deck is not that good. But he plays it every week, no. and uh, he <laughs> he rescue cat at me three times in one game. Uh, I don't even know how the game was going past the second rescue cat, but literally yeah. he goes rescue cat like on his first turn. He does a whole bunch of shit. I get destroyed by it, and then he potter averses it, and then I give it to him again immediately. And we make jokes about how like there's no way people could ever say I fucking stack because I would not constantly give you rescue cat if I could help it. Like I'm he drew it yeah. so many times in the one game, and then we then game two I won. Uh, this game I played Future Fusion. This is where I wrote on Facebook. Uh, how does Cold Wave work? Because he called, he wanted to Cold Wave me before my second standby phase, and so we had yeah, to, yeah, to see if it or not, right? Yeah. yeah, but then after we realized that like it, my monster still comes out. He was like, "Okay, I lose," and we that was game two, and then game three, I got rescue catted twice. So Damn. I got rescue catted five times to lose, and we laugh about it to this day. But then I played him week three, so that was week two. I played him week three, and he rescue catted me again twice in a game to win, and then. Game two, I didn't even I didn't even get to win a game this time. I just got 2-0, and I got Rusty Cat it twice again. Yeah. So, so I was like, well, holy shit, dude. Like, you fucking draw a cat. Like, it's, it's, it's a meme now. Like, and then this past weekend, I finally beat him with uh, Skyscores Nervales deck. Like, he, he, but he did cat me. Mind you, he's top decking. He has no fucking cards. He has no cards. And he top decks Avarice after Nervales. He top decks Avarice, and he goes Avarice, and he says, give me Monk and a spell. And... He goes, draw, play Avarice. I say, hold on. You actually can't play that. I cold waved you before I skyscores Neuralis you. He's like, oh, fuck. But I'm like, you really do Avarice, though. That's crazy. And I can't, like, I can't kill you. So then, so then I pass to him and cold waves off. He draws, now saying he's two cards in hand. One of them's Avarice. He goes, Avarice, and he draws Monk in a spell. And I still won. <laughs> okay. Okay, there. Uh, at least you got that. I said, Vinny, you are insane. He's like, he like laughs at it. He just laughs because he, he thinks it's so funny yeah. that I keep, he keeps catting me. But I'm like, bro. You make that deck look like it's tier zero because if you cat someone every turn, like yeah. yo, that deck is way better than it actually is when you cat constantly. Yeah, and it's 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 just fun. It right? is like it's so fun. And the biggest difference with the nostalgia factor with Yu-Gi-Oh versus like what other companies did, like nostalgia is is, is known as the good times, right? The good times yeah. you only remember the good times. Yep, and like Sony and Nintendo knew this that when they released the mini retro consoles, that was obviously not permanent. It wasn't gonna last. It was it was fleeting because it was people loved the good times. But when they plugged in and oh, I have to play with a cord attached to yeah the TV and these graphics are shit and this game is slow. Like this was probably better off left as a good memory because yep. now when I play GoldenEye. I don't remember my basement with my cousins. I remember me trying to play alone and thinking it was the greatest shooter of all time. It, but did, not, it did not age well. So, but Yu-Gi-Oh! Doesn't, does age well because we don't care for better graphics. We don't care for faster speed. We want to slow down. Yeah, we actually we want to slow down. And the people that want to slow down have this disposable income. Like, we do now, yeah. That didn't exist before. Okay. Yeah. On... Stuff that you'll probably never all touch, right? Now, real yeah. quick, 
To be fair, that's just because Fraser is a Looney Tune. In general, yeah. the format's really cheap. I was able to build my deck for 50 bucks. Right? Yes, the good thing <laughs> is, though... Everything together, right? Like, like you were talking about Drill Warrior being a $20 card at the time being expensive to us. Like, yeah. $20 is lunch. Yeah, like, literally, literally I ordered Chick-fil-A today for lunch. Now, 20 bucks. Yeah. And it's, it's not a thing. And... I did the same thing when I got back into GOAT format. I have, like, if anyone ever wants to play, like, my friends, we, I, I do go to a GOAT format local once a month. Yeah. I bet you I love that day every month. I bet that day is so fucking nice to you. This weekend, and I'm stoked. Like, I so, bet that stoked. that gives you so much, like, uh, such a good feeling when you know that day is coming. Yeah, and I when I lose, I do not even care that much. It's yeah. just one of those things. I lost. Like, I, I'm going to lose. I've lost many times yeah. in my life. It's yeah. Whatever. It's what it is. I've but, grown to accept it. I was a sore loser when I first, you know, but when I was younger. Yeah. But but I grew... Uh, yeah, I used to be a real sore loser. But I've grown out of it now. Like, now I, I can laugh it off a lot more than I used to be able to. You know what I mean? Dude, I, I remember one of the WCQs where I was against Burn, and I set up double... Two turns in a row... I went Black Rose on his his end phase. So I went um, uh, Hyper Librarian and Formula Synchron. Yeah, yeah. Twice. I did it twice that game because I averaged it back. Yeah. He still burned me. Like, I got rid of five car- four cards and then five cards without him being able to chain. And he still beats me. Like, how does that happen? Holy he didn't shit. get to throw any of cards. But he still beats me with, like, an accumulated fortune chain strike way back into everything. Yeah. I was so hot. Well, that would it was, that would put me oh, on tilt though. Those ones do yeah. hurt more when they. I think when people do the zero out thing, or I should say, their one out type of situations, those ones get yeah. to me. Not now. Like I said, Vinny, I neuralist him. He has no cards. I'm plus one on him. Like I have, I yeah. have, I have a card, and you don't. And I have two red eyes wyverns and two red eyes darkness metals in my grave. So next turn, if you don't deal with this phantom of chaos, you're actually dead. And he draws the like the one card. I was like, I cannot believe that you're just like drawing this well. Um, it it's just absurd. But I don't I don't get like angry about it. I, like I said, we laugh now. It's like Vinny, you are ridiculous. I said like Vinny, you are so fucking lucky. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. But back like, then, I, that would put me on tilt. I'll be pissed. I would not. I would I, not be happy with Vinny. I leave the convention and no one can talk to me. Yeah. At that. And now you, if, if this happened today and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it happened. Whatever. Yeah. I laugh now. I, honestly, some of the losses that I have are so funny to me. They're just hilarious. Like I get dust shoot at game three and like, I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm like, all right, you got it. Like, yeah, you got the dust shoot. <laughs> it's like, must be nice. So one of my worst memories of all time is in Edison in round one. It's funny. We dial all the way back I'm an right. hour and 40 minutes after is my my, my worst memory is I'm in time, right? And it, it might have been a side error, but Solemn Judgment was still in my main deck. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes Heavy Storm. And then I flip up. I flip them up one at a time, right? I flip up Solemn and then I flip up the other. We're in time already. Flip up Solemn and then I flip up, flip up pulling the rug and I put it in the grave. He calls the judge. And the judge is Jerome. And Jerome forces me to activate the Solemn in time on a heavy when i already revealed the other card interesting it was like not even like a half second after that's so weird that's a, that's just a weird thing like i don't even know what to it, say about that there's there's it, it's all over the forums 
Yeah, that's such like, a weird uh, thing. No, and he forced me to solemn a heavy oh in time, and the guy just didn't do anything. Yeah, I like, couldn't get over. It. Yeah, like that. Just like that does not make sense. You know what I mean? Like that does not make sense. It's simple, simply put, it just does not make sense. Yeah, I didn't go. I activate solemn. I actually revealed both cards, but that that's how I lose round one in Edison in time. Uh, getting forced to activate solemn. Yeah, no, that just that, my yeah, that that sucks. <laughs> that that's tilting. Uh, I've had yeah. some bad beats. I've definitely had some one outers going on me. Uh, there was one really bad one. I can't remember exactly what it was, but in 2011 in Orlando YCS, McCabe ends up getting second in this one as well. Uh, I play against Jonathan Barber on, on the bubble. I am day one. I'm pretty sure I'm eight and one. So yeah. this is plants and X Sabers format. I'm eight and one and day two, I just have to win one. I just have to win one, one round. Yeah. If I win any round day two. I guarantee top. I think McCabe, I feel like he's X two going into day two and he wins both and tops. I lose both. And the way I lost against Jonathan Barber on the bubble was so ignorant. It was like, he's playing six samurai and I'm playing plants. And that six samurai just was not good at this point. Gateway. This is later 2011. So like, in the beginning of the year, 2011, Gate, Gateway was at three. Six hands were broken. And obviously, they get hit. So the deck is neutered. It's not very good. It can rush you down. But against plants, it's kind of hard because they have Hamster, Raiko, Reborn Tengu, and all that stuff. But I remember he just God-handed me twice. And it felt yeah. so bad. Like, the one Gateway, double United, and just creamed me. And uh, the other game, so, so, he, so that was like game one. I was like, wow, you drew ridiculous then game two i'm winning i have a colossal fighter he's top decking my life points are kind of low he draws for turn he has no cards he draws the turn he goes puppet plant for game puppet plant take colossal fighter tactic for game i could not believe it he has zero cards i have four cards he has zero because i like i grinded him out yeah i took some damage along the way but like i have yeah. a, a colossal fighter and he can't deal like he's literally top decking yeah. he's at the point where he's top decking go set a monster pass to not die I'm like attacking yeah. monster pass because like they don't set anything real. I'm like attack face down. Yeah. It's like a six samurai go. So attack face down six samurai, and I'm just generating card advantage. And he goes draw. He's like, what are you at? I'm like, I'm at 28. He's like, oh wow, discard public plan. Take your monster attack for game. I was like, holy shit! Like that is so tilting. Like that was so tilting. So I remember that one. I was like gen genuinely angry. Oh boy, because it was just. I mean, your opponent's top deck can get, you have so many cards. Like, if I had a monster to set, I would have said it. I think I ended up drawing, like, Dust Shoot Dead or something like that. Because, like, that card was good. Yeah. Mind Crush. I probably had mine because against Six Samurais, like, all these cards are, like, pretty good against that deck. And I drew a bunch yeah. of those type of cards, and he's, like, draw for turn, like, check life points, and probably plant. And I kept saying to myself, why the fuck did you side in Puppet Plant against plants? And he literally said, I don't know. And, uh. and that drove me crazy. <laughs> like, that response was the worst thing he could have said. Like, when he said that, I said, do you realize there's only one warrior in my entire deck, and it's this Colossal Fighter? Out of my entire 55 cards, 40 plus 15 side deck cards, there's one warrior in my entire fucking deck. There's one. I was livid. Like, I'll never forget that. I was on tilt. Tight. Oh, man. I'm actually shocked, because, like, did he just think like, all right, puppet plant, I could steal plants? And then he read the card in the 
And maybe I'm shocked. honestly, I don't. I asked because I I was sitting there kind of fuming, and I'm just deciding. And uh, we do, you know, our little handshake or whatever. And I'm like not looking at him because I'm just so annoyed. And I can't believe that I didn't top this event. I cannot. The handshake, right? Was it the limp handshake? It was, it was definitely. It was definitely not a a real handshake. Like I think. Because I kept thinking, like, why the fuck did I just get Puppet Planet for a game? And I so I, I couldn't help it. I said he was still sitting there. I said, why'd you why'd you saw Puppet Planet against plants? And he goes, uh, I don't know. And I just, oh. <laughs> I was just. Okay, okay. I need to ask one thing. Do you have a story of it being the opposite and you one outing somebody? We need to, we need to kind of bring this back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've won out at you many people. I don't remember them because, like, against it's only I don't I have one where I have I, I pull this massive one outer because it's my opponent. My opponent is someone that is equally as as heralded as I am. Yeah, and it's Dexter. Dexter, um, yeah. I pretty much like he goes. We're, we're playing Glad Beast Mirror match, and I finally get get the hair cleanups off the board, and then he draws, and I rip. Reborn for game. Ooh. I had another dead card in hand, and I rip, I rip a reborn, and that hair cleanup stops whatever he brings out. And I was like, "Wow, okay." I only, I'm sure I've had other ones, but I only remember that because like it's the same type of level of player, right? You don't remember yeah. the ones when you, you you crush like the casuals. Right? I know I have some because I've beaten so I like obviously with the people in my area. We've beaten each other quite many, like many times, but I know I've sacked Silverman and McCabe many times. Uh, and Were any of them at a Shonen Jump? Like mine was in top 16, so mine was big. No, against McCabe, though, our, our the way our finals match ended was... Uh, oh my God, that one was a tragedy. It's just like I set Spy, I set Solemn, and I think he did the same thing. I went Flip Spy, and he went Solemn, and I went Solemn, you're Solemn. That's game. Rap, it's a rap. Yeah, that's just, it's just unfortunate. Like Solemn was at one. I drew yeah. it. You drew it, but I got to go. Like I won the die roll, and it, he said, "Cause like our decklist didn't play dark rob or anything." So when he solemned me, he assumed that it was just going to go through, and basically he would be the winner of the YCS at that point. Like his spy would resolve, and that's just game in a mirror match, basically. Yeah. Uh, but when I solemned his solemn, he put his hand out, and I think that they. So it's weird that feature match game three. I think that they actually wrote a feature match that did not happen because of how it ended. It was really just one turn, really. Yeah. It was really just set, 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 go. And he went set, 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 go, something like that. And then I went yeah. draw, flip. And I some, I was like, uh, activate spy. And he went, uh, I'm a solemn. And I said, I'm a solemn back. And then he literally gave me a handshake. And he like couldn't even, uh, like he didn't even look. And he just like put his hand out. And, uh, like, and that was the end of the game. That was the end of the match. Like, just like that. Um, that that's, and that, I think about that because that's pretty... Like lucky, I had the, our deck didn't have any other out to solemn, so that just would have went through. And there's nothing you could do to spy in that deck. Like that deck was so annoying because spy was so strong. Yeah, there's nothing you yeah. could do. Like you don't have a monster for you can't descend in it. Like it takes two monsters to set that up. Uh, yeah. So there's nothing you could do. Like spy is just going to resolve, and you're going to lose. It just creates too much advantage. Yeah, insane. Yeah, that but... was one of them. But I'm, I'm sure there are others. Where I like sack the fuck out of somebody. Some of the most ignorant sacks I think are where it requires two cards, so you draw avarice first, and then you yeah. <laughs> and then like you draw like lightning vortex or something, and it's just like, yep, lightning vortex you banish malicious summon attack for game or something like that. It's just like, yeah, that's must be nice. But I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head right now. Uh I'm sure there are some. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I remember that one of my craziest is just like avarice into another avarice into oh, no. the most. Oh, no. That was a local. Oh, no. That's still so nasty, though. That make, How do you yeah. sleep at night? That's what I would say. I sit at the oh. Vinny now every week. I say, Vinny, how do you sleep at night drawing cat like that? He just turns red and laughs. He just turns red and fucking, he gives a big ass belly laugh. And I, we just start laughing. I'm like, you are not a real person. Like you make this deck look broken. And he said, I'm pretty sure I can never take cat out of my deck. So I was like, I agree. I don't think you should ever not play it because it comes to your hand every time. Yeah. If it means I, I open this card. Yeah. I'm playing it. Bro. So. There's okay. <laughs> the third week, the third week. So I, this is my second time playing. I didn't play in week one, but I played them every week since. So it's week two, three, and four of Edison format at my locals. Uh, the third week, there game two, we're grinding back and forth, and he draws to four in hand, and I go trap that shit. And I'm thinking, like a normal person, I'm about yeah. to see this motherfucker's hand, and he yeah. doesn't show me his hand. And he's just like sitting there. I'm like, uh, Vinny. And he's like, I'm thinking. I said, oh my, he has one back row. One Solomon or what? I was like, oh my God, Vinny. And then he starts laughing. He goes, Solomon and Summon Rescue Cat. I said, you're fucking insane. <laughs> you're fucking insane. I could it not believe it. Craziest part is even if you had an answer for a Rescue Cat with not a dust shoot, he had a Solomon to stop. Yes. Like, yes. I was so annoyed because I, I was like, did you just draw a cat? Like, did that just happen? Like, come on, Vinny. It was so annoying. That's, that's insane. About, you were telling me about the um the Doom Cal Gores play. Uh how'd that one like, go? Wasn't that wasn't that against Vinny? It was. He did uh he did Air Bell. No, no, not, not Gores. Was it, Air was it uh, honest? I thought it was X Honest play. What what is it? He he attacked with I think he attacked your monster, you honest, and then like Doom Cal stopped honest, and then your attack went through for zero damage. Oh, no, or that was that was a different game, but with we, me and Vinny did have an interesting one. So the way I won with the Neralis deck, I finally went undefeated at my local too, uh this past weekend with Neural with I switch decks every week. But I went I played Neralis yeah. this time and I finally went undefeated without losing a single round. And I played Vinny in the last round. And uh game one, he cats me twice and dust shoots me and I won. And the reason why I won is because he got to a point where he did X Saber Area Bellum attack directly, and my only card in hand was Gores. And so there was a ruling dispute, not a dispute. We both were like, how does this work? I, I put Gores on the field immediately because I already knew, because I, I remember that interaction. So I was like, uh, when you attack, I'll take 16, I'll drop Gores. And he was like, oh, does it does it discard it first? I was like, absolutely not. And then we looked it up and it Gores does come out. Um, but yeah. then he, he like lost the game from that. After, after catting me twice and dust shooting me, he finally lost to me. I was like, fucking finally. You know what? It's done. He's not. He's not getting any more after that. He's well, had them all before. Yeah, I'm about to start coming hard to the locals. Then, granted, so I'm going to Miami tomorrow. So heads up for people yeah. listening to this episode of the podcast. There will not be a podcast episode on Monday coming up because I'll be out of state. Um, and it really sucks because locals is on Thursday, and I'm not going to be able to go tomorrow because I'm not going to be there. I want to go. I want to play Yu-Gi-Oh so bad right now. And I want to play Edison format so bad, like in person though, because it's so much. It's so much better in person. But I really want to play. That bad that I don't even want to go to Miami as much because of just how much I want to play Edison format. Like I love it. It's so fun at, in in person. Like seeing Silverman, McKay, me, and like all my other friends playing this old ass format together. We haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh together in almost a decade. Like the three McKay quit a while ago, right? Yeah. Silverman 
kind of quit too because he was just vending all the time at every YCS. So for a while, I was the only one out of our little posse that was still playing at YCS and being super competitive. And yeah. it's so interesting now to see all three of us playing cards like round one pairings are up and we're all going to it like it's just you know we're all old as shit now and we're just still playing yes yeah. it's, it's nice it's just nice it, it is like nice is the only way you can describe it like yeah. it, it's it's just nice it's just nice it's just perfect. nice it's just nice like <laughs> let me see if there's anything what's your ude day you said you have ude day on here as one of your uh, UDE was, was something that you probably didn't get to experience but UDE day is when they were trans transferring from oh, UDE no. to Canada. I was there. Did you play that? It was there was did one the, there was one in the Philly Convention Center. I did. I played against Anthony Alvarado oh. and I got destroyed. Do you remember who won yours? Anthony Alvarado might have gotten first or second, I feel like. He was there. I remember this is when he was big too. He's a big guy then. Yeah. Uh this is my first time playing him. He's beat me twice. As you I don't know if you remember but in 2011 I taught with Plants. In top 32 he's playing fucking some deck that can make Notoria Beast turn one. Maybe Parker. he's playing that. So, did, so so that's the YCS Toronto, right? Yep. So that's when me and Ant both come with the Curry deck, and we both end up topping. Yep. And I topped it. He eliminated me because my hand was one for one, Dandy, Tor God, Monster yeah. Reborn, Pot of Everest, Scapegoat. And he goes, turn one, Notoria Beast. My hand is broken. My hand against any other deck, you're dead. Thank yeah. God Beast isn't in Edison. Yeah. Detroit oh, Beast is yeah. wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Anthony Alvarado, that, that was my second time playing him, and I'm sure he didn't remember me from back back in 2008 when he played me at UDE Day. But UDE Day, I think they were giving out Cybersteins. They were giving they out, were giving out everything. Yeah. So so for so all the prize cards that were ever given, they had so many that they sent them to the tournament organizers to do UDE Day. And first place got to pick whichever prize card, wow. second place got the what was left so we had two ude days and lazaro wins both god damn so like lazaro if like this this transfer so the transfer from konami from you uh from ude to konami is what kind of started our quitting yeah because when Konami finally took over and a ycs was finally announced like our our team our players like overdose was they were no longer playing and like we just came back with just us and like traveling to events, yeah, we we knew people, but it just it didn't feel the same. Yeah. And Lazaro could have probably far exceeded. I I still think Lazaro has the most prize cards. He had winning Costa Mesa was like giving one of each prize card. So yeah, that shit is unfair. He has so many. Kind of cheating there. Yeah. But like I come third in UDE day in Toronto, and then I get really sick that night, and I don't get to travel to the next one. Lazar wins both. He gets two crush cards. We pretty much like our our my card masters team. We only don't claim two prize cards for that weekend. That's insane. Like I, I think that's like one of these forgotten tournaments in Yu-Gi-Oh history that people forget, which was awesome. I remember it only because of Anthony Alvarado. Because this is when I was nobody and I was also bad. Like I acknowledged that I I played Teledad and I thought I was the shit, but yeah. when I played him. It was so apparent to me that I was still like an infant when it came to like technical play uh, because he yeah. handedly dismantled me. I felt it. I felt that he was better than me. I remember the feeling of we we're playing the exact same cards. We we're both going D draw malicious and stratos and teleport and doing all the same stuff. But for whatever reason, he's just doing it better than me. 
And like I got too old and it I was like, I just I told my friends, I was like, yeah, I just played against Anthony Alvarado and I got I got beat bad. And they're like, what happened? I was like, I don't even know. Like I just lost. Like I drew, I drew fine. Like I drew a lore, D draw, Stratos, like everything. And he drew the same. I was like, we drew the same cards basically. Uh no crush card happened or anything like that. But I was yeah. like, I just I just got beat. Like I just got beat. I had so in the Teledad format, I I um I think it's a feature match. But I do one of the craziest plays where I bluff crush card so my opponent doesn't make a big board against me. So I go banish malicious, four malicious, set solemn, go. Oh, he no. He doesn't make the big board. And then next turn, the extra malicious is enough to set up a dark arm kill for game through one back row because I have the solemn. Because <laughs> he thought it was crush and he didn't, he didn't make that play. He yeah, couldn't make it. Not okay. That is so ignorant. I would fall for that too. I would fall for that right now. Oh, yeah, I fall for shit now in Edison because I've only played like what six matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, I play once a week, so like I get to play a couple matches every week. Like technically, I guess on Dueling Book we play a lot though. But I'm coming back to Edison because like my other group of friends in Toronto, like not my closest group, they're like, "Hey, I saw you were playing Edison." I'm like, no, I was getting destroyed on Edison. Yeah. I wasn't really playing. But he's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of us are starting to pick it up. So all I got to do is open my closet, look through the Edison stack. Yeah. And Did you, uh, I guess because I'm so interested in the Edison thing, I was going to ask. So you mentioned like the Flamevel Monarch deck, which I don't even know. When you say Flamevel Monarch, how many Monarchs are we talking about? Well, okay. When I, it's not even Flamevel Monarch. It's Flamevel Caius deck. Okay, but, good. Because I just I was like, I'm pretty sure you just mean yeah. Caius, but I wanted to make sure you, you verified that. It's basically level 8 spam because, like you said, you want to special summon a lot, and it plays one of the best cards in special summoning and rekindling. Yes, yeah, that card's crack. Broken, right? But it's just, you have to play shitty cards to, to yep. make it useful. So I, I, I came back to that and, and played that person. I, I thought it was strong, but... Yeah, getting an attack off... Better. Getting an attack off now was hard, I found. Yeah. Uh, every yeah. monster I attack face down kills kills my guy every single time. It's either Snowman Eater or Ryko, like every single time. Uh, yeah. And then when it's not that, it's always a deep prison or a bottomless. So getting off yeah. a fire dog is like, like honestly, Dale, I can't even imagine at my local because of how all the decks, everyone plays like so many traps. At my locals, I can't even imagine getting a fire dog attack off. I cannot imagine that resolving. Yeah, that's how bad it is. Yeah. Like it's just it, maybe it's just my local that's like that, but I cannot imagine. Like even if it's not that, it's a spy. Yep. It, there's nothing that people set that will ever be able to be beat by Fire Dog, and the only thing that I could ever catch is a Stratos if he has no back row for some reason. Like, I that's it in the entire form. Everyone is playing all of these cards that Dog cannot beat. Yeah, and yeah, and and it was very different back then because like Gladiator Beast was still being played and, and, and gadgets. Dog, yeah, and gadgets. Dog, dog pimps both those decks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. It's crazy. Like, there's nothing that dog beats now. I wanted to play Flamevel, too, because at first I was like, well, one of the keys to the format is Soul Charge. Soul Charge is a broken-ass card in Yu-Gi-Oh! in 2014, and Rekindling has yeah. the exact same effect as Soul Charge, essentially. Bring out a bunch of monsters yeah. for nothing, and then make a bunch of but guys. you can attack. You can attack. Yeah. You can attack. You can attack. Yeah. So, like... I thought that Rekindling was going to be really good, and then I realized the same thing you did. You have to play all these bad cards, but then more importantly, I was like, Dog just cannot get off. I, like, the situation yeah. for Dog to kill a monster, it has to be so ideal for you. Like, you heavy storm them. 
and they just had they were just caught slipping. Like so, like you're not going to just get it off with any back. Like every back row is either deep present bottomless. Those are like the main ones, and then people still play like torrential mirror force. So like those are the yeah. other ones. It's like there's no back row. That, like what book a moon? He's at his 200 defense. Anything can beat it. Yeah, and the, the so the way I, I was playing that deck is clear the back row first yep. with either Caius or Flip Spy Commandant. Pop the back row yeah. and then turn. Not necessarily attack with the fire dog if I couldn't, but turn the first level four with like a flame bomb magician into a level eight into a Stardust and you Stardust to attack face down. Yeah, when there was no back row. But like I'm trying to play fair Yu Gi Oh when that's fair so fair. Well, does, yeah, well you just described is so yeah. fair. And, yeah. and, and yeah, you, it's, yeah, 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 it's so it, like it's 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 fine. Uh, funny story. So on my way to to uh, finally go undefeated at my little local uh, on Sunday this this past week, I round to play against a guy who's playing Flamville. And okay. uh game one, I go I Neuralis him. You know, everything's going great. And I Neuralis him and I also have Necrogard in, in my grave, which is like the most ideal setup you could possibly have. So yeah. I, have, I have Phantom of Chaos on the field. I have a graveyard Necrogard and my graveyard is pretty nice too. And I pass. He's top decking, of course. I draw for I draw for Neuralis. I forget what it was, but it wasn't anything relevant. This motherfucker immediately goes draw, summon fire dog attack. I was like, holy shit. That was a really good top deck. Luckily, it doesn't do anything. I'm just going to banish Knuckle Gardener. So I draw yeah. for, so I draw again. For, so I have two cards in my hand. I draw for turn. And I was like, okay, that was a little scary. But then I go, I do something to... Oh, okay. I go, uh, I draw a Dark Arm. And I look at my graveyard after I Knuckle Gardener, and I had exactly three. I was like, well, that was convenient. Even though I didn't need it because Phantom of Chaos could just banish anything and attack over dog. So yeah. I was like, well, I was like, oh, but that was convenient. So I draw a dark arm. I go summon dark arm. Then I'm debating on popping, but I was like, you know what? The game won't be won by life points. It's going to be won when you just give up, basically, or like when I just do a lot. So I went summon dark arm, dark arm attack over your uh, flameville fire dog, and then I end my turn with because I have a normal summon. I go summon a uh, 2800 red eyes dark matter from grave. So now he's top decking again. I have phantom of chaos, uh, dark armed, and cost fighter. He goes draw, activate brain control, take dark arm, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> I was like, hold on, it's not done now. So I was like, holy shit, that was nuts. He goes, can Phantom of he's like, Phantom of Chaos doesn't keep his stats, right? I said, no. So he goes, Dark Arm attack it, 2800. Pop your yeah. uh pop your red eyes darkness metal, pop dark arm. He has exactly two darks in the grave that I discarded from the turn one yeah. with So now I'm a, I'm really annoyed now. Like now I'm I'm actually fucking annoyed. Uh so he pa- he passes back to me. We both have a clear field now. I go draw. Pass. He goes draw rekindling. Uh, this Bring, is game two though. You won game one. This is all game one. Oh my! This God. is the same game that he got Neuralis oh, oh. turn one. He goes draw rekindling. And, and so so in order, it was flame of fire dog. Then it goes brain control. Then it goes rekindling, one at a time, just like that. Now with rekindling, he goes make colossal fighter because I have another red eyes. Colossal fighter, yeah. kill your fucking red eyes. Have the red eyes. And so I just directly. So I was like, I'm going to lose this game. I'm actually going to fucking lose to you who's top decking with zero cards and you just drew runner, runner, runner. Like, in a row. It was crazy. People were watching. They were like, holy shit, that's insane. And then I draw... <laughs> I drew for a turn. I drew Dark Creator. And I was like, oh, I think you're actually dead. And I, I have five darks. I go summon Dark Creator in attack mode. I go banish a guy to summon back Phantom of Chaos. Phantom of Chaos banish Dark Arm. Yeah, to to pop. pop, yeah, to pop and not kill them. Um, but that game was crazy. 
See, why, like, all the YouTube videos that are out there, why isn't, like, this a YouTube video of a local versus just people playing fair games? Like, this, that needed to be recorded. Right. Like, that's <laughs> insane. I love Yu-Gi-Oh, though. I still, like, it's so love fun. that. It's, uh, it's bad. It's bad. It's, it's addicting. I, um, it's- like how you said, you, you tried to do Master Duel and can't, couldn't get past the tutorial. Unluckily yeah. for me, I was away from home at the time. I was away from home for like two weeks because I was away yeah. from home. I was kind—you kind of just do shit that you don't normally do when you're away from home. So I had my laptop. I almost never actually used my laptop. I was like, whatever. I got nothing to do. I'll download Master Duel, check it out. And because I had time, because I wasn't home, I ended up getting past the tutorial. And now I fucking play Master yeah. Duel every day. I know. I, I every time I hear your video and you're talking about like you were talking about Dragon Maids. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna look at this. <laughs> they're a fucking fun ass deck. I mean, they're not tier. They're not even close to tier one. But yeah. sometimes they make a board, and going into turn two or turn three, they fucking feel turn. They feel tier one. Like if they can make it to turn two or turn three, it's really hard to beat them. But the problem is, other people make cr- crazier boards. On crazier, yeah, crazier boards than that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, they're fun. I start. I made dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are really fun. But. Ultimate Conductor Tyranno is an unfair card. Fraser asked me a funny question. He was like, "Can he was like, you know, could uh, could even Dragon Maids beat like Edison?" I was like, "It's not even close." Like New Yu Gi Oh is just not fair. Yeah, like I knew the answer, what? but I wanted you to say how disrespectful yeah. it would be. Like, there's not, there's not a deck, a combination. There's nothing Edison format could do that could beat this Rogue deck. Like, it's not even possible. Yeah, yeah. One of the because they, they turn yeah. one, they turn one makes Stardust Assault mode. Not actually Stardust Assault mode, but they make uh, Dragon Maid Shio, which is yeah. if your opponent yeah. activates a card, negate it. <laughs> like they make that turn one. Insane, insane. I, I don't know if, if Frazier like this because you kind of still know current Yu Gi Oh. Like one of my favorite things about current Yu Gi Oh is reading new cards and posting it in like my oh. my. That I mean, shit you know, is funny. so funny. <laughs> it's so funny, Dale. It's one of my favorite things to do. And it all started by, I think, like, when Red Reboot came to hand. I'm like, hey, guys, Psalm Judgment from hand into traps then. Or <laughs> when, when the, um, what's it called? What's that other trap that makes you have the same amount of cards as your Oh, opponent? evenly matched. That card is out of control. Oh, like, my God. I'm like, hey. What if Yu-Gi-Oh made a card like this? I just wrote an effect, and they're like, "Yeah, no, not nothing." I'm like, and then I just pasted the photo. I'm like, "This exists. This card actually exists." What about I was playing on Master Duel? Knew that fucking trap trick? I think it's trap trick. It's the trap card where you you can play a trap from your deck and play it this turn, and you banish it or whatever. Guy goes Ojama Trio, trap trick, and then Ojama Duo, and just fills my board with Ojama tokens. Insane. Yeah, in one turn. Because he, he, he's that trap trick. I think that's the name of the trap. And Ojama Trio. And he flips both of them, gets Ojama Duo from his deck, plays it, and now my board is filled with Ojama tokens. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, what, it's the one that crazy. was funniest to me when I posted in the group chat was Dragoon. When Dragoon first oh. came out, I posted that in yeah. the group chat. And we literally kept laughing. We laughed out loud at how many things it did that were not okay. Like, Dragoon is 3,000 attack. Uh, he could pop guys. He does Ring of Destruction when he does that. 
He can negate anything. Yeah. He gains a thousand when he negates anything. He's all. He also cannot be targeted or destroyed by card effects. <laughs> it just kept going. It just wouldn't stop. I said, "Yo, tell me this doesn't seem like when people do those things where they create a card." Because he they, also when they make Goku, they go, "Oh, what if Goku was a Yu-Gi-Oh card?" He doesn't look real either. He's like a fusion of Dark Magician and Red Eye, so it looks like a fan-made yeah. card to begin with, and then the effect looked fan-made as fuck. So when they first announced Dragoon way back when. I read it. I said, this is fan-made. Like, this is a fan-made card. And it just yeah, wasn't I remember, real. I remember my cousin reading the effects of me. He was like, Kenny, I'm going to read you an effect of a modern Yu-Gi-Oh card. And then he he reads it. I go, oh, my God, that's broken. And he goes, I'm not done. And he continues to read it. And I go, oh, my God, that's broken. He goes, I'm not done. <laughs> like, like, he keeps reading this fucking effect. Right. Like, yo, what the fuck? The best is, like, yeah, when, I, when I do it and I tell him a card, I'm like, oh, I guess what? No one plays this card. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Like this card is so broken, but the game is so crazy that no one plays this yeah. card. Dude, my one friend couldn't believe it when I told him uh because I had a friend that said that like old school Yu-Gi-Oh, if you played with like all the band cards and you were able to use all the band cards, Chaos Emperor, Dragon, Yadagarasu, he was like, that would be able to stand up to modern Yu-Gi-Oh. I was like, no, it wouldn't. I was like, first of all, Chaos Emperor Dragon has never been effect valored. So like Yeah. That just stops him right there. But secondly, I was like, Do you realize Raigeki is at three? Like during the format when Rakeki was Rakeki said three, like they don't care about these cards anymore. Yeah, they could literally just like block off formats, block off years, and it wouldn't make a difference in the game. Mm-hmm. So they could like literally just section off certain types of Yu-Gi-Oh! and you could play like Golden Age, Silver Age, or however you want to call it. Yeah, and it would fun. Right. There's a lot of fun formats. Oh man. I love Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, we are we are passing the two hour mark at this point. I have the pack for Miami, so I'm gonna call it. Uh Dale. Yeah. We got a lot covered, but we still have a lot on your list that we can cover the next time you come on, which you know we can schedule that for sometime later. But hey, uh, before yeah. we go, right now your favorite deck is the Diva Hero. In Edison? Yeah, in Edison and in, in Edison. It's between it's definitely between the top two, Diva Hero and and Vayu Turbo, because Vayu Turbo gets to play under Oppression. Yeah, that's so strong. Cool. That is so strong. But have um, you tried any of the Dragon Turbo decks? Uh so th- that's the other. That's the deck that knocked me out of like winners semifinals in the first time I came back. Oh wow! And it was the guy that gave me that deck was the the guy that beat me was the guy that I asked all my information from. So James Ark, Jimmy Johnson is uh, okay. Like. Like Joe mentions him, like he's a, he's a friend of Joe's too, yeah. and he's very big in retro Yu-Gi-Oh right now. But yeah, he just he's like, yeah, this is the best deck, the Dragon deck, and I just couldn't. He he dropped a Quaco Meru Drago, and like I remember not being able to play. Yep, you so <laughs> funny. Uh, another quick little story, but this past weekend, as I said, I played the Neuralis deck for the first time, and round one, my opponent goes summon Quaco Meru Drago, and my hand is Future Fusion and the fucking Stones, and I have to scoop. I didn't show him any cards. I just scooped. I was like, uh, 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 let's go to game two. He was like, wait, really? I was like, yeah, let's just go to game two. He's like, what happened? I was like, I think I messed up my deck or something. I don't know. Just let's just go to game two. I just went to game two and then I backed over two of them. But when I tell you that the odds of me running into an, he was playing actual dragons, mash dragon, fucking petite dragon, like exploder dragon, actual dragons. He's playing actual dragons. And I fucking lost because he plays three Quacomio Drago and that card just put it in. There's no else to it. In my deck. Have you 
that, that's a top tier deck though. It, it plays Totem Dragon, right? I think so. No, that that's actually a top tier Edison deck. Oh, is it really? I didn't know. I just saw Quacky Mero Draco turn one and he went reveal Quacky Mero Draco pass. And I said, Are you fucking kidding me? You have two of them. It's, it's actually a top deck. Yeah, mind you, I didn't show any emotion when he summoned and yeah. did the thing. I just completely stone faced and I saw my hand. I was like, all I thought to myself as I shuffled my hand was, holy shit, my hand is godly. It was like trade in, Neuralis, Future Fusion, Necrogardener, Card Destruction, Heavy Storm, like the fucking absolute stone cold nuts. Your opponent's going to rage when you do it. And yeah, I had to scoop. So. <laughs> That did not feel good. But let me give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. Uh, as always, we really appreciate you guys who are supporting the podcast. So we have the day ones, uh, Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Dominic Roberts, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Michael, Gabe Marini, Henri Reynolds, CJ, Dub K Dad One. Saul at Dabbers Gaming Cafe in Georgia, Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, Scott Page, and Ezekah, who is subscribed at the $100 tier. Thank you so much. Uh, well, yeah, as always, guys, as I say this every time, you know, do the things that make you happy. Right now, Edison Format is keeping me and a lot of my friends happy. It sounds like Dale's also on board. It's really fun. There's going to be another tournament online for Edison Format on March 26th, I believe. And the guy who runs those tournaments, he's the same guy who ran the last RBET tournament that had 144 players. Uh, he's coming on the podcast in March before the tournament to talk about Edison format, to talk about how he, you know, has been helping to get the uh, community aboard, you know, on board with this whole thing and just running the tournaments and everything. He also does commentary when he when he hosts. But uh, yeah, so he'll be on. He'll be a special guest. We have some other Yu-Gi-Oh special guests coming in March as well. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in that type of thing, then, you know, subscribe, hit that like button. Apparently rating the podcast does something for us. So if you guys can, if it's not too much to ask, if you can give us five stars on Apple and Spotify and all that stuff, uh, apparently it helps with algorithms. So yeah. Dale, is there anything you want to say before we go? No, I mean, time flies. Time does fly. It's really, yo, it really does. I can't believe it's been two hours. Bro. When we were at nine minutes, I looked at the clock and I said, damn, we're only at nine minutes. And then it's now two hours and nine minutes. So and, like I sent you a write up and like it's not even halfway. Not, yeah, even half. not even not even close. Not even half. And there was like there, there's some 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 tea there too that Oh, I can't wait. Oh. I'm I'm so interested in some of this stuff. But this is good though. You put so much shit on here that like I said, you're going to be a recurring guest throughout the year, so it's not a big deal. God willing, you know, but all of us stay alive. <laughs> we will, yeah, uh, we will record again. So Dale will be back. God willing, we don't get IRL Monarch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Caius and it's into the Shadow Realm, but yeah. So we we will have Dale back on. Uh, Dale's Dale's becoming a, a favorite uh, a guest on the podcast. So first recurring, yeah, first recurring guest outside of Anthony, Anthony, but Anthony's are like Anthony fucking streams with kenny he's like a partner in critical hit plus kenny streams uh on twitch at critical hit plus right now what are you streaming right now kenny i've been going back and forth between master duel the new pokemon game and monster hunter gu okay so you've been streaming a lot of different but games also yeah also elden ring either just came out or it's coming out this weekend anthony's going to be streaming elden ring i on body. heard nothing but good things about that yeah i read a review today that said it was insane yeah so El- we're going to be streaming a bunch of elden ring also, as a random side note, because one of our patrons is uh, Dabbers Gaming Cafe, I just want to say, 
that because of Edison format, Mr. Dabbers, you've gotten business. All right. Yeah. Just letting you know. <laughs> Just letting you know. You go to TCG player, I'm buying cards, and I'm like, oh sh I legit bought a couple cards and I was like, Dabbers. I was like, where do I? I was like, oh shit, that's a patron. And I was like, okay. So every time I buy cards, I go, okay, I'm looking for dabbers first. Yeah. And if I see dabbers, I buy it from there. And the second thing I look for, just because of Fraser, is ARG. If ARG selling a card, I'll buy it from them, just because of Fraser. And then after that, I don't fucking care who who the vendor is. <laughs> yeah, dabbers. Uh, it's interesting. So I know Saul personally from Georgia. He's one of my close friends. We're really cool. We hang out at YCS's back in the day, and he's let me come over his house multiple times. You know, throughout the course of my time going to Atlanta, uh, and now he has like this card store, which is amazing and when i went on tcg player to spend you know 4k on edison format cards uh, i saw the same thing i was like holy shit and they have a lot of sales too so it's not only like we're buying it from him because he's a patron and we support him like he supports us but i also like buying from people who have a uh, you know 99 or 100 and they have ten thousand plus sales or in his case uh, i think it has a hundred thousand plus sales like he is a lot of sales. So Dabbers is up there and their prices are actually decent. And what I like, one of my favorite things about TCG player, this is not an ad, but I do like when you can do the seller and cart thing. So that way you get like less packages and just get all your shit from one place. So I've been doing that. But uh, I said, if TCG player wants to sponsor Fraser Smith, one of the most prolific Yu-Gi-Oh players, I mean, you know, I'm just yeah, we can, we can, we can try to get some TCG player sponsorship going on, but this fucking Phoenician cluster Amaralis thing, this card is so rare. Like, I only order near mint. So that's the first thing. Maybe that's my fault, but I only order cards near mint. I don't order anything else. And there were like yeah. legit three or four of these on the entire TCG player. And they were all 40 bucks. So I just bought three of them. And I technically, you know, this is not seriously, but I technically can name my own price now because I have them. <laughs> like I have all the ones that are on TCG player. <laughs> like it's kind of weird. I'm sure I have a stack. Because yeah. um, I got a bunch of free stuff from that it's I only know, a super rare too so you yeah you might yeah. actually I might, I might at least have a place set. i'm sure i do i never need to sell any of my stuff anyways me either i used to say so I, oh i was going to say this a while ago i'm just going to end with this but i did spend a lot on like you know max rarity my extra deck but then i thought about it with inflation of Yu-Gi-Oh cards over the pandemic and just in the 10-year period uh i'm not going to sell them anyway and in 10 years they're just going to be worth even more money yes like i'm going to spend yes. four thousand, but i'm probably going to make more than double of that if 10 years pass and you know Yu-Gi-Oh is not into oblivion like just from the collector value of the cards that doesn't really go away like car spending spending money on Yu-Gi-Oh cards that are really expensive now to me is more like an investment than it is just to have shiny cardboard yeah it's like Yu-Gi-Oh has reached a maturity has, where it's that yeah Edison also hasn't hit its its peak like Go format has like if you've seen the price of Max like Max Rarity Go Control deck is over 10k God damn. One deck. One deck. It's 10K. Like, so quickly on this is I, I didn't want to invest in a full go format deck. So my go format deck is original print OCG, big, big box, small text box, um, Yu-Gi-Oh. So I have every card that is printed like that. Do you know like the original Konami print? Where like the tack box is in a square. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have like any any card that could be that's pretty printed cool. that way. That's my my deck because I'm not spending 10k on one. No deck. way. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No way. I went out of my way to when I got the Upstart Goblins. I went out of my way to get the Upstart Goblins that still said Magic Card on them. Oh, okay. Yes, I would do that. Like like OG rarity to me is, yeah. is one of the best. 
Yeah. Damn, ball in. Let me order. So I need to get an ulti solemn judgment. They're $140. Oh. <laughs> $140. So I'm checking my cart because my cart right now is 6K. Um, yeah. But it's for it's for every it's like ulti aliases, cyber dragons, uh, ulti book of moons, ulti solemn, ulti pot avarices, torrential, all first edition. Um, I went lowest rarity. Ulti I got all my cards common. Ulti bottomless are two, not ulti bottomless. Super bottomless are two fifty. Ulti future fusion is ninety five dollars. Trap dashies three fifty. So I got this six thousand dollar card going on right now, and I'm I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm thinking about it. I got every card yeah. in my deck common except fucking gores because gores doesn't come common. His, so, yeah. But every other card's common in my deck. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> Do what you gotta do, man. Get it how you live. But, um, but all right. All right, Dale. Well, Great. it was good having you, and uh, I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. For sure. All right. Later.